Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, one of the things that Trump said he wants to do, well, today we're going to have Rattlesnake Ray on the show and also uh, Frank Stefan and I'm hoping Mr. X, uh, we're trying to get a hold of him down in Mexico. Um... We're going to be talking uh, primarily about illegal immigration, uh, how it's really totally out of control. But two things, are, or a few things that are happening um, that we want to talk, uh, talk about and get straightened out. Uh, I get, like I said, I got involved back in 93, and, and at that time it was just poor little migrants coming across the border, yeah, which I didn't think was a big deal. But then I realized they were being used, they were the new slaves. And, uh, you know, the doctors and nurses uh, were against us uh, when we came out with Proposition 187. Uh, that was to cut off benefits to illegal aliens. And I realized after going to Washington, D.C. for a while how bad it was. But Trump bought it really to the front. I mean, it is just beyond belief how many people have their hand in the pot. Okay, um, Mr. X is uh, connected, uh, he's originally from Mexico, but he's an American citizen, and he's pretty well connected uh, to both governments, that's why we call him Mr. X, he knows what's going on, and, and uh, he's told me some pretty disturbing news of what's going on now, he's down in the San Ysidro area, Rattlesnake Ray is in Arizona, he has a ranch only a mile from the uh, uh, border down there. And we're going to try to get some things straightened out. I've heard some very disturbing things that are going on. We're going to try to get that settled. First off, uh, let's uh, let's go to Mr. Rex. Uh, Mr. Rex, good evening. Hi, how are you, John? Uh, very good. Uh, Mr. X, I'm going to have Rattlesnake on, uh, Ray on also because, uh, you know, like I said, you two represent two parts of the border that uh, Trump is going to be building the wall, we hope. And uh, we want to find out if you think that will be effective. Uh, Ray, good evening. Rattlesnake Ray. Hello, John. How are you tonight? Good, Ray. Uh, say hello to Mr. X. Uh, he's speaking to you from San Diego or maybe uh, somewhere in Mexico. Don't know yet. Very very, very good. I'm glad to hear you're still safe down there, X. Yes, I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, you're one of the few, then, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. be joining. Uh, also, that will be joining us. Be uh, Frank Steffen, who has a show on on uh, this network. Also, a very good show. Not quite as good as mine, but um, it's still up there. Okay. Uh, First off, um, um, Mr. X, uh, you told me some things that um, all Mexicans are going back into Mexico from the United States now are being checked uh, for two things. They're fuel tanks and also for ammunition. Why is that? Well, what's really um, within the last uh, two weeks, there's been a, a drastic change. A metamorphosis has happened with the, um, uh, the country of Mexico. 
And uh, the, the reason they're concerned about, you know, weapons and guns and everything else has always been the same. But I think this time, the next step now is the people themselves want to arm themselves. Um, to bring you a quick story right now, Mexico right now is, is not uh, very stable. We, ha we have a situation where uh, the president had, had told people that there was going to be a change in the price of fuel. Uh, the fuel, the gasoline that is used in Mexico, oils and other things, come from the United States. And they're taken into um, northern Mexico and, and up along the western coast. They bring in oil from the American country. And what happens is that the country of Mexico has been subsidizing the price of oil by 20% for years and years and years. Many years ago... Um, Mexico used to have American companies that were drilling and were selling gasoline, uh, you know, uh, there in the country of Mexico, just like they sold in the United States. But then there was a time, uh, straight out fact, they were kicked out of out of Mexico, and uh, the oil companies became nationalized and became what they call Pemex, which means Petróleos Mexicanos, and that's the green gasoline stations you see all over the country of Mexico. So the government continued to subsidize the gasoline, but now all of a sudden the president of Mexico seeing that the president that that the um, price of of crude oil is going down so much, and uh, and uh, you know he's continuously subsidizing the price of everything that the country of Mexico says, you know what, we're not making any any head run with this oil. Uh, the oil that we're selling is coming out of out of the ports on the eastern side of the country and it's going into the United States. So it makes kind of a circle. But now Mexico said, okay, starting in January, American companies will be allowed to sell oil again, gasoline stations, etc., like we're used to in the United States in Mexico. And he, he passed a law. So the gas stations and stuff uh, who are buying the oil all of a sudden are not getting the subsidizing from the Mexican government, that 20%. And uh, the people all of a sudden found out that the price of their oil went up 20%, which caused, in these last two weeks, you, you cannot imagine the, the disruptions that have been happening. You have a major toll roads and things where the government would collect lots of money from being opened up because the workers and toll roads are no longer, you know, everything's gone up in price because the price of oil goes up, price of gasoline, diesel, everything. Um, you know, the only thing that stayed the same was salaries, uh, teachers, um, you know, anything to do with the government. Uh, you know, all of a sudden everything went up in price and, and, uh, you know, the people are still earning the same amount of money. Imagine losing 20% of your salaries um, that you're earning right now. $2 out of 10, goodbye. And so the people are really, really upset. In Tijuana, um, in, the, in the middle of the city, there's a place called Rio Tijuana, which is the river area. And um, just to give you an idea, um, a couple of days ago, they went out with, they found this gas truck going in to load up the gasoline station. Um, the civilian population, people, by the hundreds, if not thousands, are running around in different sections, and they went up to this gas truck, they stopped it, opened up the, the container so that the fuel would spill out into the streets, and then ignited it. Um, huh. In the city of Rosarito, 
they, they have marches going on, and what, what people don't realize that's happening is the people are marching and stuff, and all of a sudden the police, the federal police came down, and they decided to get rid of all the media, that includes any media from any country, told them to get out, and then they proceeded to start beating up on people and stuff. Um, like any other third world country, they started doing that. Um, Mr. X, uh, again... Mr. X, again, why why are they checking Mexicans coming back into Mexico? What, what are they looking for? They're looking for Mexican people that are now crossing the border because they can't buy gas. They're crossing the border into the United States, and they were stopping them from crossing. At first, it was the government. Now it's the people themselves, the civilian population of Mexico, going into the border checkpoints, coming into Mexico, and stopping the people from coming from the United States into Mexico. Now, there's over 500,000 American citizens and other patriots from other countries living in Mexico. This is a very serious thing. The protests, I'm only speaking to you in the areas where I am able to, to get my information from directly, and I don't tell you how I get my information directly, but it's kind of dangerous. But I get my information directly but this stuff is going on throughout the entire country. The hope is that eventually the people will get tired and they'll just accept the fact that now instead of earning $4 a day, they're, they're receiving $2.80, $2 or $3.20 a day. Aren't they, aren't they looking for weapons also, Mr. X? Yes. Uh, the weapons have always been a problem. The weapons have always been, a, they've always been afraid that they're going to the cartels. But now normal civilians are beginning to pack up. They're beginning to pass bullets, and, and they're beginning to get weapons and stuff because they need to defend themselves. Now, it's really a sad thing for me because I've been trying to, to you know, uh, soften that country. I've been across the border with, with some pretty uh, um, patriotic American citizens and been able to stop revolutions from happening. But... I think right now those people that are my friends, and I think you know them too, John, you know, that went across the border with me, you know, this time it's out of our control. It's way, way, way gone beyond that. Um, uh, Mr. X, I think, Mr. X, I think Ray would like to uh, have a question for you. All right. Uh, yeah, you, you know what uh, an interesting thing is, Mr. X, is uh, the American media doesn't, if this happened in any other country, if this was in Iraq, Iran, the Middle East somewhere, or uh, France and throughout Europe, we would hear about it to uh, our media. Somebody would be down there saying, oh, this is basically going to become a humanitarian crisis. Why do you think that we haven't had any of our you know, blatantly, openly left-wing liberal media down here trying to, uh, down in New Mexico, trying to, uh, you know, bring to light the, uh, the plight of these Mexican people. What's happening to them? Well, I think the population is ready to explode. I myself am part of the media, um, you know, and I'm telling you that people are just staying quiet. I don't know why. I, I would assume that it has something to do with the one world order, that that might be, you know, becoming a mature thing now. Um, we have our, our, you know, pact that we've created between Mexico, the United States, and Canada. But I, I see that pact, uh, where they're trying to bring down the United States down to the level of Mexico and, and Canada coming together as one and making it to where 
you know, people are just going to cross this border. I'm, I'm right yeah. now, as I'm speaking, I'm about four miles from the border, and there's nothing between me and Mexico except a big mountain. And I can tell you, if the if this thing turns out to to what we think is possible that might happen, I think we're going to see waves of people coming through these mountains. And the United Mr. States... Mr. X, uh, I've got Frank, uh, Frank Stefan. Frank, uh, wanna, I've got a question for uh, Mr. X. Well, yeah, kind of a question and, a, and an observation that uh, I haven't heard or read or seen any good reason why the Mexican government would do this uh, 20% rise or not subsidize anymore, uh, except that they must want exactly what they're getting. Uh, for whatever reason, and I think you, you hit on it with the New World Order and all this. I mean, they are not happy with Trump being elected. They want to destabilize as much of the world as they possibly can. You see them doing it with China. You see them doing it with Russia. Now we have Mexico having riots because of something that didn't need to happen. The Mexican government could keep subsidizing that. All this other stuff is meaningless to that. I mean, you know, they can pump their own oil. They own all that. Like you said, they nationalized all the Mexican oil. There's a lot of oil under the Mexican land. They could get that. They could subsidize it. They don't have to do this, is my point. Uh, but they are doing it, and they must be doing it for a purpose. And I have to figure that whatever is happening was their purpose. Well, yeah, I would have to agree with you, uh, Frank. Frank, and uh, uh, you know, again, yeah, Mexico does have a lot of oil, and, and Frank, it makes a lot of sense there. Why would they uh, go this? They've always been afraid of a revolution for many years. That's why they've been sending so many uh, illegals up to uh, the United States to relieve the, uh, the the pressure valve. So it seems to me that uh, they do have a plan. Uh, they're heavy at work to try to stop Trump. I mean, uh, the wall and everything else. I mean, there's so many factions involved here. It's just uh, beyond belief. You know, but, and on uh, the other hand, when you when you said imagine 20%, well, a lot of Americans don't have to imagine it. It happened to them. We call it Obamacare. You know, the, the people that are involved in that that aren't getting subsidized in this country, you know, they're looking at 20% out of their paycheck just to go to premiums for that nightmare. Well, we're yeah. in the That's process right. I say, Mr. X, uh, I, I know wait, you're in Tijuana. Uh, yeah. Ray, you go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was able to ask Mr. X. Uh, I know you're in Tijuana. That's pretty close to, uh, I mean, it's right on that California border. Have you heard of anything like this going on deeper into the interior of Mexico, into some of the bigger cities, or anything like, uh, is Mexico City, or the people down there pretty much, uh, you know, like you said, with the tanker truck getting set up wanting to arm themselves, or is this, this just something that you think may be closer to the U.S. border? No. I think it's happening through to the entire country. And the goal for the Mexican government to answer the question of what they're trying to do is they're trying to get away from paying that 20% subsidy that's taking away money from the government that's getting less and less of an income to, to supposedly stabilize the country of Mexico so it doesn't collapse and go back into these horrific debts that they had before. Um, so that, that's the big thing. They're hoping that eventually when the American gas stations go on in there, 
that uh, they're going to be able to have different prices. Gasoline it won't be said by the government. And the challenge is for whoever can get the most sales of gas, and they're going to mess around with the price so that they can make the, the Mexican public uh, better. They'll have a better gasoline type of thing and stuff. That's what's being told to those of us that are in the, in the supposed loop. But, you know, the, the country itself might go too far. It, it just might just go too far this time. The next city right now that, that's going to go into major turmoil is the city of Mexicali, which is about 100 and something miles from me. That country has a real possibility. It's the capital of the state of Baja, California. And that country, right, that state, that city, has some, some real issues um, yeah. coming up to it within the next few days. You've been Mr. there X, with me, John. Mr. X, yes. can you hold that in thought? We're coming up on break. Uh, we're going to be right after break. We're going to be coming back and finding out uh, what you found out about ISIS working with the drug cartels to attack American cities, number one. And uh, also, I know about Mexicali because I was down there with you, and I asked uh, the, the, the ICE uh, governor there, uh, about Chinese restaurants, and I was astounded when he told me there were 150 Chinese restaurants in Mexicali. So uh, there's a lot of things that work down there that people aren't aware of, and I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, right after break, uh, we're going to come back and uh, finish this discussion from Mr. X and also Rattlesnake Ray and uh, Frank. And if you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. Listen to America Betrayed on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. See you right after the break.
get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Rose on ABR, American Voice Radio Network. That was a little old-time music, uh, the way America used to be. I wish uh, it would bring it back. I hope Trump can bring it back. He's going to have quite a quite a, a job, especially after watching these slime balls, uh, these uh, Democrats and all of them. I mean, uh, it's a criminal enterprise. We've got to stand up and stand tall. Uh, Mr. X, like I said, I, I've gotten three different sources telling me that uh, uh, the, uh, ISIS is working with the drug cartels. One area is Nuevo uh, Leon. I may be pronouncing it uh, wrong, but other areas, three other areas down there. Have you got to, And I've talked to you briefly about it, and you said there's, if you find out that that's true, that Mexican government is uh, working with them or anything, you could get the military down there to uh, put a stop to it. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, that would be it, the Mexican government is not interested in bringing in those people to destroy themselves. But I can tell you this much right now that I my experience has been that when I have I have approached those people here at the border, um, I have tried to go to the American Customs by walking across in San Isidro and speaking to to whoever was in charge there at the border crossing. And the immigration officers there took me like a clown. So what I did, I says, well, shoot, the heck with this. I don't really care. So what I did is I went back across the border into Mexico, and I talked to some, you know, Mexican soldiers that were smaller than the rifle they were carrying. And I went up and I mentioned the people and that they were speaking in Arabic, and they had some clothing that wasn't appropriate for either Mexicans or Americans to be wearing. And I just told them about it, and they just kind of looked at me, looked, bounced their little heads up and down, and they go on over there with their with their big old giant rifles with a machete at the end, whatever that, what do they call it, bayonet at the end. And before I knew it, I saw them walking out with all of them in line. The next day, the Mexican government reported that they'd caught um, 11 of those type of terrorist people at the border. And just as simple as that, they took them away. So the, the explanation that I got from the American customs agent was is that Mexico is a sovereign country and they have no right to be looking, even if it's just right on the other side of the border, of which I told them. I told them, I described them, I told them where they were at and everything. And I've had other incidences uh, slightly out of there on the other side of Rosarito where there was uh, those happy people gathering and the Mexicans did gather them up and take them away and they don't treat them like Guantanamo. I mean, these guys are really tough on those people. So I have to go back and believe that, that the Mexican people don't want those people in their country because their families are there. They're, you know, everybody that, that is uh, related that they care about is also in that country. We need to we need to come together. We need to come together with our Latin American friends who do trade with us and stuff. If if there's anything else but to do commerce and trade, we need to to make sure that we don't alienate people by saying statements that are that are not logical. We need yeah, we need right, to make yeah. sure that. Ray, have you uh, seen any evidence in your area, Arizona, down there, of uh, Middle Eastern people coming through? Well, there. I've never seen any of it myself, John. But I've had uh, uh, other different ranchers and people that have been out in the, the back country and border patrol agents that have said yes, they've found quite a few uh, Muslim, the Quran, uh, prayer rugs, or a lot of evidence that Muslims have been brought up through the border. And also, there's the there's always the stories that. Uh, 
in Mexico, and this is uh, over you know east where our, our favorite uh, cocaine brain used to have hold of it, uh, Douglas, Arizona, and our Prieta, Arizona. The actual customs agents have told me that there are several small, very obscure, you know, not uh, the big mosques that you would see somewhere, but uh, there are some mosques being built to areas like that in Mexico. And I did wonder about it, question two, because like Mr. X was saying, the Mexican people aren't, uh, you know, if they're aware of that, Mexico is predominantly a Catholic society. And it definitely doesn't go with it. But when I did bring up something like this to customs agents, they said, you have to remember one thing, in small villages throughout Mexico, and even though Arapieta has uh, over 100,000 people, the Mexican economy, the Mexican government, the people in Mexico work on the mordida, the bite, the bribe. So everything is a payoff there. And they said they, that if these people go, and it's just like the United States, uh, oh, these are nice people, you know, they're really great people. They're very modest in, in a way, you know, they're not in your face or anything and with what they're doing. So uh, as long as they said that a governor in Mexico or whoever would receive enough of a payment to allow something like that to uh, be built, a small mosque, then they said, uh, yeah, you know, they, they have no, no doubt about it. They do, they do say that there are some mosques down in uh, Mexico right along this Mexican border. Yeah, Ray, you brought up uh, cocaine brain. Uh, I did an investigation into that guy many, many years ago. Really amazing. He used to be an FBI special agent, and uh, he was educated in Colombia and I think in Mexico. And he became mayor of uh, uh, Douglas, Arizona, and had, that's his nickname, Cocaine Marine. Uh, all the cocaine was coming right through that county, and I talked to some of the Border Patrol agents in that area. Most were re very reluctant to uh, uh, talk to him, but I did find a supervisor who knew who I was and uh, somebody I knew in San Diego area. And he said, oh, yeah, we have all the information. I said, well, I have a quite quite a uh, file on uh, this guy. It's just amazing. And also, hey, the thing, uh, yeah. And John, one thing that, that that is very important that I mentioned that I had over missed um, in uh, Tijuana right now, in the last two weeks, three weeks, there there has been a, a sighting of a large group of African people that are being passed into the United States. Um, my understanding is that they're bringing them across like 10 or so a day quietly into the United States. They are from Africa. They don't speak Spanish or English. And uh, that is being done legally. So this is something that is totally new to you in your program right now. I will try to confirm that for you and tell you where they're going through and stuff. But the, these black people are being brought across the border from Tijuana. Uh, and I'm so sorry if I didn't bring it up. You know, I forget things real fast. I heard that. Well, that's because of that slime ball. Uh, yeah, they're sleeping the White House now, bringing in um, the the goal. Whole goal is to destroy the white race. Uh, that, that's uh, the goal. It's called white genocide, uh, and it also destroy the middle class, which was basically the uh, the white race. So uh, they're bringing them into different areas, also for voting. 
because look, uh, look what happened. They saw what states that they need to, to get. Uh, they're always looking ahead uh, here, so uh, that's more. Uh, also, Frank, you uh, John, I'd like to ask Mr. Mr. X if he's ever heard of uh, anything that's such as is what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I have had custom agents, like I say, in, in guys up higher in the administration who couldn't ever bring this up to, uh, you know, to Washington, D.C. They just uh, basically hide it. But uh, there are a lot of stories that go on that there are Muslims for whatever they don't they don't say where the muslims are from in mexico that are actually living with the mexican population paying people in mexico to live with them and paying them quite a bit of money a lot of money and what they're doing is they're learning to speak spanish and they're taking on uh for the most part when they come across the border it would be very difficult for the average person to differentiate between them and a Mexican the uh, the customs agents are I mean they, you know they can they spot a lot of this they know it and they say they have picked up several of them that they yeah. found out have come from a Muslim country although they've had no ties to ISIS or anything like that they couldn't pin that on them but they wondered why a Muslim that could basically come up here and really like any other Mexican just sneak into the country in the United States fairly easily why they would go to the extent of trying to learn Mexican culture, Mexican language, mannerisms, and whatnot. Have you, have you heard well, anything about I, that? Yes, I have. And let me just tell you, I can confirm that 100% because we have been in a situation where I, as a volunteer, have been able to be in a position to apprehend some of these people because they use my, my abilities to speak Spanish. You know, I'm somewhat educated in both cultures and both people, so I, I understand it. But let me tell you something that goes beyond that. To carry it forward beyond that, the reason that they're getting together with the Mexican families is to pick up the accents and all that as you speak with them for a while. And then they also wait for somebody to die. When the person dies, they take over their birth certificates, and they don't come in sneaking across the border. They actually legally come across the border as Mexican citizens. You know, they have plenty of money to pay all the requirements that the American government requires. And, uh, you know, for all definitions and all purposes, they are the people that is on that birth certificate. But that, that is, is exactly what, um, just what you said is exactly what the customs agents told me, that they will, for for every 100% you look at them, you would think that they are a Mexican citizen, and they said they've even gone so far as to actually apply for Mexican citizenship. So, um, yeah, like you said, you're One more correct, step beyond that. They, uh, in, the, in the Border Patrol control world, they, everybody who is not Mexican is considered an OTM, means other than Mexican. And you'd be surprised that the people that are coming from all around the world, don't just think it's the Mexicans or the Cubans or the Puerto Ricans, whatever. Well, the Puerto Ricans come in legally. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is everybody that is not supposed to be coming in here is also coming through this border. Um, you know, people from Africa, people, even European people. We uh, got a hold of some people that were from Holland that gave us information about a um, military base being built in, in Holland that later on turned out to be true, and they actually stopped the, the Russians from building this base. 
and they got it for an exchange. But even the Dutch and, and other countries that wanted the people want to come into our country because it has to do with their overtaxation in their countries. Don't think that Europe is in perfect shape either. There are people trying to leave Europe because of the influx of uh, uh, Muslim people and their, you know, their rights and, and their abilities to make work. I met with some people that are working three jobs in one day so that they can take care of their families because they're just not making it. One of them was in the military and working two jobs on the side. So, oh. yeah, that is happening. Um, uh, Frank, very uh, Frank you had a question? You got a question for Mr. X? No, actually, I'm just listening, and it's uh, very interesting. You know, yeah, Mr. X, what you said is right about people from different countries come in. The agents down here have told me that they're seeing a major influx of people from Romania. And, uh, that is true. Chinese remaining uh, uh, from Poland also, and I think Poland actually is uh, pretty stable throughout Europe right now, why they had a lot of people from Poland come in. But they said Romania is uh, a real high percentage of the people they're picking up. Yeah. There's several countries that are in the process of collapse economically. The more intelligent people that have some type of, uh, uh, maybe I could say, educational knowledge, not necessarily from the secular world, but just understanding how commerce is working, they can see that the economy, the dollar, for instance, they can see their own currencies not going in the right direction. Those of us in America that think that our currencies, our American dollar is so powerful that nothing can go wrong, I mean, I've been part of devaluations and, you know, collapses of money that have just been horrible in my life, my personal life. And if that were ever to happen to our country, everybody's so far into debt with credit cards and houses and, and everything. We're, everybody's in the hundreds of thousands, and it's easy to get credit. But gosh darn it, man, we're going too far, you know? Uh, That's Mr. X, did you, did you tell me that uh, there were some people that are living in Europe in the mountains uh, still, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, you told me that there were some people that uh, had million-dollar homes that are now living up in the mountains uh, near where you're at because uh, they, they failed. And they, they just couldn't make it anymore. Is that correct? That's me. It's no, just a simple no. just, there, no, you there's said there are a lot of people, people that were in real estate. I know when we were doing that film uh, about the water crisis, uh, you know, that one neighborhood uh, that had a, uh, their artificial lake or whatever it was was completely dry. Uh, we saw like 12 for sale signs just on one corner. You say that, that uh, you know, people are trying to sell their houses and everything. Do you think that's yes. changing any with, with this weather that uh, they're having out there now with this? Uh, yes. Uh, we have a little bit of rain going on in San Diego right now and some rain going up north, which is a God-given blessing to our country. But let me tell you something. The, 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 the problem of water has definitely hit San Diego County itself. I'm going to report on what I know and see and feel and walk and visit, you know. I can tell you that there's a lot of farms. Uh, my understanding is from the county that up to 70% of the people are being trucked in water because their water wells are beginning to go down. The, the for sale signs, they're not as bad right now as he were right before the elections. Trump, believe it or not, in my opinion, helped us stabilize our country, and God bless him. I hope he listens to God and blesses our country with his help. But 
you know, the economy here in San Diego and the outskirts is, you don't see that major type of farming like you used to. You don't have the cattle, the Angus cattle and all that because there's no water. Um, quite frankly, it's stopped. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I just see the water going further and further. There are some lakes out here called Otai Lakes. Uh, they started first draining water from, a, there was a three-lake system. One was Lake Marina. Lake Marina is just about dry now, or is dry. And that water was being sent to another lake, which, uh, which was Lake Barrett. And that was providing water to Otai Lakes, which is where the U.S. Olympic training grounds are at, where the kayaking and all that stuff here in Southern California. But now, if you drive down, Lake Barrett has run out of water, and they're trying to keep at least a little bit there for fires, etc. But Otai Lakes, if you go along, you can see the bush and, and um, things going down thousands of feet now where it was not at before. So there, there's talk now of moving the U.S. Olympic training ground because that lake will eventually dry up. Well, I, I do have a question now, Mr. X. Uh, what do you make of the fact that I've, I've got a friend down in, uh, oh, where is it? It's outside it's in the Fresno area, and he lives down there, and they've been getting rain like crazy, and yet the state of California has all the dams open. They're running that water out of there. They're not filling up these lakes. They're letting it all run out. What, what do you make of I, that? I was there, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. I guess it was the day before yesterday, Monday. I, w I went out there to take a look, John and, and Ray, um, out to that same area where I went to, and I spoke to some people down there and observed uh, what was going on. And, yes, uh, they've had some rain come down, but it's one year out of so many years. And, yes, they're able to irrigate their plants and stuff, but, you know, they're pumping the water out of the ground. When me and John were there, we were told that the water, that the land itself, and this is a huge area, is going down a foot to two feet a year. The land is, is uh, caving into the ground. The, the, um, yeah. So, you know, that is a fact. We had congressional people that were hiding from us that wouldn't talk to us face-to-face. Me and John had to go talk to some people. We talked to, to uh, some young girls, if you can remember, John, that they were telling us these girls were scared. These people were saying our families are going to lose their farms, and we need more water. We need more water. We filmed other people that had trucking businesses and stuff, and they say that the people upstairs who were the, the, the senators and stuff in the state of California at the time, we're saying that um, they're going to stop giving water to the farming communities and send it to the cities. Why? Because that's where the votes are at. The farmers count not. But right. We're, we're, is that not true, John? We, we listen to it yeah, with our that, own eyes. You're, you're, talking, you're talking about uh, that's true here in, uh, right here in Arizona. Definitely. One, yeah. one day, well, yeah, that, uh, two feet a year, it's sinking. Uh, where all the fruits and vegetables are growing, and also because there's no aquifer, no aquifer left, and and they have to drill down uh, somewhere time to up to three thousand feet. Well, yeah, but and, my and my point is they are having torrential downpours. More yeah, they release the water, Frank, and they're releasing the water rather than capturing it. Yeah, yeah. because it has they, to do with cleaning. They want to control the resources. They say if you can't take the guns away from them, what are they going to do without water? It's total control you know, of, the, of the masses. Frank, just what you said, uh, when you're saying that, Frank, about them releasing the water, I've got a friend of mine that lives up in uh, around Redding, California, 
and on around the Sacramento River, and there are some areas out there where the rivers run into the ocean, and there's some type of fish. It's an environmental thing. There's some type of little fish that survives in the ocean but uh, survives around the outlets of the rivers, and they are actually just what you said, Frank, allowing the water, the fresh water, to run into the ocean as opposed to allowing it to fill up in the dams. They, they're they just uh, allowing this water to go out. They're not capturing it with the dams. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the environmentalists. You know, they, they, they'd like to destroy every dam there was and every person in the country to save some little threats in chat. So uh, hey, guys, I have uh, what you're We're coming up on the end of the show here. And... Uh, I hope uh, we can have you back on, Mr. X, to find out if you're able to uh, find out about this ISIS uh, drug cartel and maybe put a stop to it somehow. And, Ray, uh, you know, down there where you're at, uh, you know, very dangerous uh, hotspot, Mr. X may chase everybody over to your area. So, and uh, let's hope he can build the wall. Let's hope they can build the wall and and put uh, everything back in place. I'm going to end with a song that... uh, a little interesting, I think. And uh, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to show you what uh, Trump is facing. I just have something here. In 1998, Kodak had 170,000 employees and sold 85% of all photo paper worldwide. Within just a few years, their business model disappeared and they went bankrupt. What happened to Kodak will happen in a lot of industries in the next 10 years, and most people won't even see it coming. Do you think, did you think in 1998 that three years later you would never take pictures on film again? And be, with the new uh, artificial intelligence and everything, uh, it, it's going to sneak up on you. There'll be cars that will dry themselves. You'll just uh, get it, pick it up, uh, have your, pick you up in front, take you home, and you won't even be driving cars anymore. It'll happen that fast. But uh, that's what he's facing. And again, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, go to National Writer Syndicate to find out the show next week. That's nationalwritersyndicate.com. And make sure you listen to Frank Steffen's uh, show here on AVR, American Voice Radio Network, where you're going to hear the truth all the time. And uh, National Writer Syndicate, you're going to read about it. And Mr. X, you stay safe down there. Uh, stay in contact. Let me know uh, what you find out about ISIS and, and uh, also the drug cartels. And Ray, you, you be safe down there. You've been a good friend for a long time. And uh, try to get a little smaller horse for my wife next time, okay? I'll see what God I can do for America. you. God bless America. God bless America, America. definitely. No, try to hang around and listen to Try to listen to this song. I think you might find it interesting. And here I am signing off. Hope you enjoy it.
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Stand by. Licensed to carry gun instructors are excellent at getting you qualified for state licensing where licenses are required. However, when it comes to legal defense with a gun or any weapon, you may want to do your own research and discover your options. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on civil and criminal appeals, legal expenses, court costs, bail, time lost from work, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Our members never come out of pocket for itemized benefits. We are not a reimbursement or insurance service. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Lumana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your new mana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Newmana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's newmana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
jagged sky I just dropped in To see what condition My condition was in Well, welcome everybody to Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour. We are broadcasting on American Voice Radio, and it is a great pleasure to be here. I'm broadcasting from my little version of the Garden of Eden, and my co-host Joe Lawrence is somewhere in the northern parts of the Houston area hiding out in his bunker. Uh, It's a little rough in that neighborhood, they tell me. And we've got a very special guest tonight, a very good friend of mine, has his own radio show and has been at this game a long time and the one that helped me tremendously, Steve O'Brien. He also has a uh, computer uh, repair and communications and satellite, you name it. If it's in the IT communication world, uh, he does it with quality computers. And we're going to have him on. Uh, We tried to have him on few weeks ago to talk a little bit about solar power and off the grid, but he had a job come up and couldn't make it, so we're glad to have him here, and uh, we're just going to kind of let it go all over the place, no definite direction tonight. If you're interested in being on the show, any comments, please call us at 1-800-932-1980. Joe, are you there? Yeah, Dave, I'm here. Test, test, can you hear me? We are here, coming from the bunker, all in one piece, but it might be a little shaky right now. Uh, I can barely hear you, Joe. Steve, are you there? I'm here, and why don't I get a bunker? (laughs) Well, I don't know where you're broadcasting from, but I do know Joe told me he was at the bunker. That's fine. I just think it would be fun to have a bunker. Yeah, I well, think I might be maybe Joe, too close maybe to the Joe, I'm going to have to shut some of this bunker, power down. won't tell me where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Frank's got a bunker up there. How about you, Frank? You in the bunker? Well, Frank's tweaking the knobs right now. I'm getting a little bit of a, a reverb coming back on me. Maybe I can sing to you. I don't want to say. Can you Joe, I didn't hardly really hear you before. Can you hear me? Oh, you're from there. Great. I just get a little bit of feedback. I can hear Yeah, I can hear some feedback. Kind of I'm glad it's not on my end for a change. Huh. Yeah. I am, too. Well, anyway, so I, I can hear Bob? Joe. Can you hear Joe, Steve? Yeah, I heard Joe really good. Probably better than you do. Now that I, when I talk, I get this beautiful, you know... Welchy thing, like the aliens are singing to me. Well, if you want, Frank can call you back on the Skype if you want to try that instead of the cell. Set up time. We'll figure it out. I have faith. He's a geek, too. Uh, Is that a little bit better? We're always talking about fake stuff and the new, how the media doesn't cover things very well. And uh, if you live here in the Texas area, You're probably familiar with the newspaper, very conservative, and we know uh, the owners, and we've had her on our show before. It's called The Damn Good Times, and I was reading in there, they had an article, it was a joke about Donald Trump 
uh, hanging out with the Pope on his yacht. And to show you how the media works, they said that um, the Pope's hat blew off and went in the water, and the security guys all went crazy. They're going to go get it. And Trump said, no, that's all right. And he got out of the boat, walked on the water, picked up the hat, brought it back, and gave it to the Pope. And NBC was there, and they saw that, and the report that night was Trump can't swim. And, and that's about how silly it is in healthcare, which is one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up before uh, maybe we can get you to tell us a little bit about that solar power, Steve, is in New York, and I just saw another article the other day on sugar, but on sugar and salt, there is a big difference from what the crazy food police think is good for you and what the real world of good things is. They've, mm. they've decided that they want to determine how much sugar you can have, what kind of drinks you can have it in, and they want to cut back on your salt. Well, the problem is the people making these decisions don't understand the difference between organic whole cane sugar and natural sea salt undisturbed. Uh, they're they're confused with processed things, and some of the processed stuff's very bad for you. But in their infinite wisdom to protect all of us with what they think is the best, they're trying to ban salt and sugar, and the kinds that are good doesn't differentiate with them. They don't understand the difference. So, have you run into any of that, Steve? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, it's kind of crazy where they take, um, what do they take? I'm not too sure. Uh, what is sugar, Doc? Right? Is it cane sugar, you know, sugar beet sugar? Uh, how much sugar is in honey? You know, that's a, a good question. And each one of them has its own properties and is good or not good. And that's kind of my point on sugar. And then when somebody sits there and go, well, I can't eat that that orange because it has too much sugar. Um, that's a different kind of sugar, right, Doc? Well, yeah, and and the sugar in fruit is only going to be as healthy as the soil it came out of. And so if you use synthetic fertilizers and pesticides, we don't know if there's any quality in that fruit at all. But the kind of sugar that I use and that I carry in my office and I recommend is organic whole cane. And what most of the companies out there today are doing is that they're taking the juice from the sugar cane, drying it, spinning it, calling it turbinado, and saying it's organic sugar. Well, it's not natural. It's not good for you that way. But it is better than the white bag processed sugar, but not much. Hey, uh, let me drag people... you sideways real quick. So um... Go there. How much sugar is in an orange? Are all oranges have the same amount of sugar? Because they, they say they all have the same amount of sugar. What year did it, they define, you know, that a an orange, right, had, what, 23 grams or 230 grams of sugar? Do they test every batch and change the number, or is that an old number? When did that come out? Do they change it? Because I, I heard that the, the GMO stuff, they didn't even test that stuff. Well, 
probably they just do a random sampling and decide this is what it is. But I think if you really checked every orange from every orange tree, you'd, you'd have different values. Now, I have at least what's left after the freeze, uh, natural organic oranges growing in my backyard. And they're fabulous. They're not too sweet. Um, they're just the way nature intended. And if we tested them, I'm sure they would be just fine. But, you know, I had bee, I did beekeeping for a while, and the bees made those trees do fabulous things. And I had lemons and oranges that were just out of this world. So I, I don't put much faith in any of those crazy nuts. Like in, in New York City, they decided how much sugar and how much salt. But they based it on very little understanding of what they were talking about. And, you know, it just it doesn't work that way. You have to understand what's good for you and what's not. And like, like the whole cane organic sugar, the people that work the sugar fields, they ate it all day long. No cavities, no diabetes, no heart disease, no nothing. Because they ate the whole cane sugar, which is what we were intended to do, not break it down and take the juice from it and call it sugar. Joe, are you there? I haven't heard you. Yeah, no, Dave, can you hear me now? Can you hear me yeah, now? now? I can hear you. I, oh, I, I thought maybe somebody invaded the bunker while Steve and I were talking. Well, i got to remember to turn down the transducer component on the portal. It seems like I was uh, getting some harmonic frequency uh, feedback. But anyway, uh, we're okay now, as long as I'm coming through loud and clear. Heard a lot of things coming through uh, on uh, your end there. Touching on a lot of stuff already. You're getting right into it. Well, yeah, and for, for anybody that doesn't remember, uh, Joe was with Fox Sports for many, many years, back when they were probably a little bit more conservative than they are today. And before that, he was a field reporter and did all kinds of things out there. So he's got a, a great background. And Steve has been doing radio and well-versed at all this stuff. And like I said, he has his own show on Sunday that I'm fortunate enough to get to help him out. And uh, we're going to bring Joe on as a guest on February 5th. So if you haven't had enough of all of us, you can hear us again then uh, on Republic Broadcasting. And uh, it'll be February 5th, Sunday morning from 8 to 10. So you'll get to hear all that. Joe's going to be a guest for us today, and we brought... Steve on, who is a good friend and a big instrumental uh, person in, in doing the Patriot work and, and hoping that uh, you can choose your own food still in Texas and that maybe Texas gets free and doesn't have to put up with all these crazy regulations coming from outside of the state. Yeah. yeah well, Steve, good to meet you. I'm sorry we're having to do it uh, from a distance. You know, I, I, I look forward to doing uh, the show with you, but... Um Sorry we couldn't meet face-to-face this time, but we'll get to it next time, I'm sure. At some point, we will. Can you hear me okay? I'm getting a little bit of feedback on on your end over there, but not too bad. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Are you talking to Dave or are you talking to me? I am talking to you, Mr. Steve O'Brien. Nice to meet you. Well, nice to meet you, too. I enjoy your show. Hey, yeah, um, yeah. The only way I can, you know, feedback. you guys do it really early in the morning on Sunday. That's that's a bit of a stretch there. I don't know how you guys do that. I'm a bit of a night owl myself. Stay up pretty late. Yeah. Kind of trying to keep up with everything. But um, look forward to it, my friend. Look forward to it. 
Well, yeah, it's not like yeah. you actually have a job, Joe, where you can't get up and listen. Well, no, this is, this is true. Technically, I don't, but uh, this is turning into a job, you know, trying to keep up with everything, Dave. Whew. I tell you, you mentioned about four different things, uh, you know, the, the salt, uh, or one of them, I'm sorry, the sugar. And I was watching something uh, just a couple of days ago, just out of coincidence, you know, and you brought it up when we we're talking uh, what we we're going to talk about having a conversation of course but you know they're always saying you know now the the buzzword is what russia 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 and you know i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah i'm watching this documentary and it's not the russians we really need to be uh concerned about as much you know i don't think they've tried to you know smuggle anything over uh you know that's that's dangerous to our health when i'm watching this documentary i'm watching some of the foods that you need to look out for that are being imported from China, and you know China is one of our biggest importers. And yeah, they own us. I mean, yeah, let's face it. Some of the stuff though that they're sending over, and you know, a lot of people are consuming this stuff. But one of them was the salt, and it's a different kind of salt because they have different standards, of course. But it's a commercial grade salt, and it looks just like regular salt. And that's just one of them. I mean, there are ten things, that, you know, top ten that they need to avoid. I mean, they're taking uh, peas basic peas, and they're using a dye and a chemical to give them that green color, and they're selling them. And people are buying them all over the world, and they're in products every major store across this country. You look at some of the big box vendors that are holding this stuff on their shelves. People, we need to be aware. It's not the Russians we need to be aware of. Yes, there's some political tension there, yeah, but I think that's going to hopefully go away in the next couple of days, which something else we want to talk about. But Right now, the food coming in from over there is just, man, you really got to get your garden growing and get to your own food source. This is uh, a little out of hand. Some of the stuff they're putting. One guy had uh, concrete in walnuts. I mean, he took the time to crack the walnut, take the meat out, put concrete in it so it weighed a little bit more when they're selling it. And now the sad thing about it is that it took about three years of investigative reporting and complaints and, unfortunately, people dying before they even got around to going to the factory and shutting it down. But by then, you know, they've, you know, sold, what, 56 million pounds of this stuff, and it's floating around out there in our communities. So, I mean, if that doesn't frustrate you, I know that the, the stuff with Russia is a little confusing because everybody's saying everything, and it's basically just like well, the food. I would stick with the Russians <laughs> any day. They're going to at least give you some vodka to drink. Hey, uh, and you Chinese know what? These are just... really bad today on everything that's got to do with food. Uh, Standard Process tried to buy some white peony from the Chinese. Uh, they tested it, and every time they tested it, it failed their standards. And the Chinese swore to them that it was fabulous. Well, what it turned out to be, and white peony is very important on women's health, but what it turned out to be when they finally got the truth was the Chinese had been bleaching it to make it look like a quality white peony so that people would buy it. Well, Standard Process turned it down, shipped it back, and then they probably sell it to all those people that sell crap in all those stores. So, Steve, when when you were living off the grid, we talked to Frank about his solar system. We haven't heard if he got it all fixed. He had some problems. Um, you did mostly DC stuff in your uh, your working off grid, didn't you? Well, let's see. Um, no, 
the the truth is you try to do mostly DC when you're dealing with off grid uh, because you know you lose a lot in the DC to AC conversion. So everything that you want to stay on, like the refrigerator, it's really nice, or the freezer, it's really nice to draw just DC voltage. So, you know, don't go through the uh, DC to AC current because the solar panels themselves produce uh, DC current. And that's the that's the big kicker on solar panels. But, you know, I, I really don't know, and somebody can tell me um, otherwise, Solar technology has not advanced in years. They say I they agree. have all these processes, and there you can get a lot of good deals on solar panels and so forth. And I saw an article a few weeks back that says, man, solar's gone down so much, and it's great, and you got to get into it. I'm going, okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your 230-watt solar panel. How much? Can I get it for fifty nine ninety nine now? Right? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, no. Dang, $230. Really? $200? Oh, okay, I can get it for 200 But still, that's not that good. Um, but the, the shortcoming of the, the solar systems usually is the fact that they need batteries, right? You know, unless you're going to do a grid tie and you have your little smart meter that feeds back into the system, uh, solar doesn't work. Now, if you want to talk solar, I heard rumors on another um, a radio network, this guy named Ernie Hancock. He was talking about some company, and I haven't looked into it. But it's worth looking into uh, someday when you got time that they're starting to make shingles, you know, household shingles for your roof that, um, well, produce power. And you can sit there and put those shingles on, and they cost the same or less. Now, that's, you know, fiction where, as far as I'm concerned. But it's definitely interesting because nowadays you you sit there and decide, well, I want a metal roof, I want a a shingle roof, a shake roof, or whatever. What if your roof could provide you that kind of power? Then maybe your your roof is actually worth something, and instead of just keeping you dry, I mean, I thought that was an interesting idea, but that's got to flush out over time. But other than that, I'm not a big advocate of solar. Right? It takes an awful lot of power to keep things going, and with the um, AC to DC converters, you lose a lot. There's a lot of loss in that. Yeah, well, you that's know, why Steve, I like real quick, I'd, I'd heard about that before the uh, the singles on the house. I'd heard about that maybe four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and it was through an investment, you know, uh, newsletter that I, I was reading at the time. You know, that, to me, that's a great way to stay up with you know what's going on in the in the markets and and uh, technology. You know, you follow the money, and that never it never happened I, as, long, as far as i heard it's great that you're you know it's coming back up i mean but i heard about it maybe about four or five years ago now i'm thinking you know that yeah the solar is great i mean if you're a small you know individual maybe you're uh just running a few things i mean it's great for people that live out in you know the far reaches in africa that you know they don't let them uh develop their country because the banks have a strength hold on them. but you know that's a different story you know for us we're you know being scanned i think on that green part because, you know, yeah, they're pushing that technology, but it seems like there really hasn't been any 
you know, technological developments or great advancements to really knock that cost down. Come on, this is America. We are the home of the, you know, mass production here, okay? We can gear up to World War II in, you know, a couple of, in less than a year. We can't make solar batteries or, or make solar uh, panels that cost, you know, 20 bucks. And people get off that? No, it's a stranglehold on us, on the consumer, on the end that, uh, you know, yeah, they're going to suck every dime they get out of us, but they're going to pay their, them, themselves off. You remember the, uh, the, the whole Solyndra scam when, when Obama first got in office, you know, how oh, this, this, we got to get this through. They, they knew the company was failing. They knew it was going belly up, but they still gave them, you know, a couple hundred million dollars, which, Dave, you've mentioned before. Hey, why don't you, instead of giving it to an individual or your buddy that helped you get in office, why don't you give it to the little people that could really do something with it? But, you know, that's, that's another story. Anyway, but, yeah, I think it's great. Let me jump in before Dave jumps on that line. I don't believe a damn thing unless I actually played with it, right? Absolutely. Now, I, I heard about it, and, and that's as far as it went with me in my head. The, the theory is great. Well, let me tell you this story. When I moved from California to Texas, gas prices were $5.535 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And when I got here... You know, there were tons of people looking at how to run a car on, well, this gas, that Brown's gas, right? You know, can we use this? What's the power solution, right? Because we were actively trying to get around that $5.35 a gallon. Mm. Well, soon after, the gas prices plummeted. So it's also inspiration for people to try stuff and availability for, for different solutions. Over Unity has been something that everybody's been dealing or looking for, right, is including like Tesla. Well, the king god, oh, Tesla. Um, that guy claimed that he could transmit power that he pulled from the earth to the entire Navy. Now, is that true? Is that false? And why did the government jump on all of his patents? I'm not sure that that's all just like, you know, bedtime stories for computer geeks. Dave? Well, what I was going to say, you hit a good point about the batteries, Steve. All the crazies like Al Gore and all them out there pushing these electric cars and it's global warming and all the crazy stuff that they want to talk, they forget when you plug in something and say you got to recharge the battery in the car or you got to have the batteries for the solar power, the, that plugged-in source to recharge things goes to the same power station that's run on natural gas or oil or nuclear power. It, and then you've still got that problem when those batteries go bad. What do you do with all that? Um, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And... You know, Tesla worked out a lot of pretty interesting things that might have worked. Uh, it took some big money, and you gotta you gotta really have some super high voltages when you're talking about transmitting through the airwaves so you could feed power for the whole world. But he had some ideas that you know it were possible, but those people with the money weren't gonna let it happen. As Joe's always talking about that money, so <laughs> there's a lot of neat ideas, but as, as you said, Steve, the batteries are a problem, and solar power, for all of its praise, hasn't really done much in the way of technology compared, uh, except for that thing about the shingles. I did hear about that. So 
but there's not a lot of new technology making it simple and efficient that everybody would use it. And here in Houston, there's enough sun. If you had a good solar system, you could you could hurt the electric companies badly, and i got a feeling that's part of the problem. Absolutely, and you mentioned electric cars, and, you know, people forget, you know, our history here in this country. We used to have electric cars. The cabs were electric at one time, okay? We had a perfect rail system running through almost every major metropolitan city. Around the turn of the century, around the, you know, when we got into the oil, that they tore up everything. They they shut them down. They bought the patents. You know, you mentioned what you know the patents there. They buy up these patents and shut them down. We've had this technology for a long time, but they're bleeding the little guy dry. And they're, I know they mean well, and they say they mean well, and they act like they mean well. But you know, you put I don't. Back the curtain, I don't think they mean well. Uh, we're well, at that point, I, ladies no, and gentlemen, where we need there. to take a commercial break. So everybody, please hang with us. If you'd like to call in, it's 1-800-932-1980, American Voice Radio. And this is Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour. you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your 
your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserve or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Special guest Steve O'Brien is on on the line with us today. Steve, what's what's important to you today? What's going on with you and your family in the way of health and anything that uh, concerns you with uh, the new administration taking over? Anything at all? Let's start with health real quick, Doc. Um, you know, uh, man, how long have we been hanging together and talking about uh, health and nutrition? I don't know. One of the things I know is uh, strep throats and uh, uh, some kind of a thing in the back of the throat, you know, you feel it coming on. And uh, I remember first meeting you and going, man, and I'd call you up and go, hey, man, I think I'm, you know, got this in the, he says, well, you don't listen to my radio show. I go, no. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I do, actually, from time to time. But the 7 o'clock time is really busy around here. I've got kids all over the place. Right now I'm sitting out in the cold. It's really not that cold. It's probably about uh, 68 degrees outside, clear skies. Well, I can't see the skies. Anyways, my wife came over to me tonight. And she said, I think I'm starting to get a, uh, you know, have this thing in the back of my throat. I'm like, okay, grab the iodine, get a cotton swab, and just, do it and you know you swab it in the back of your your throat and and i've done this numerous times when i'm feeling the you know something coming on and it works 
And so I, I tell her that, and, you know, all of a sudden she's like, it tastes bad. I'm like, man, you're not really doing it for taste. <laughs> this is for, how does that work, Doc? I, I, I really, I, I believe the iodine actually starts uh, attacking those little bad guys or something like that. But, you know, I, well, all I know is it works. Well, what happens if you use an antibiotic, it just kills almost all the good guys. And the surface bacteria on your tonsils or throat, if you don't have tonsils, stays there. And they build a fort and prepare for the next battle. Uh, but if you, in, and if you use natural organic things like I use that fight infection, whether it's virus or bacterial or fungal, they still build a fort and stay there because you're not killing the surface bacteria. And what happens with iodine, iodine binds to protein. And bacteria is a protein. So when it binds to the protein on your throat, you kill the surface bacteria. And then whatever you're doing with the rest of the body is effective because that surface bacteria is dead. And what people used to do a lot, and this is why antibacterial stuff doesn't work, is they would take all the antibiotics, kill the good and the bad, destroy your gut flora, weaken your immune system, and the whole time the guys at the throat were building a super fort and getting ready for the next battle. So the more you took the antibiotic, the quicker and more violent the infection would be coming back, and the next time it would get worse and worse and worse. So uh, if you swab that throat with iodine, you kill it right away, and then whatever you do helps. And if you don't even do anything else, it's going to get better a lot quicker just because that iodine will bind with that bacteria. Yeah, uh, let me uh, it seems like one of my favorite uh, mystery and, cures. Uh, it's not really that much of a mystery. You told me to do it, and I've, I've done it, and it, it seems to work, right? Because I can feel one of those throat things coming on, and it's like, wow, here we go. And then you can shut it off right away. But you talked about political crap. Can I say crap? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so Obamacare is my biggest thing, right? So if I get dragged into the political arena, it's like, you know, what I really want to do is just, like, get rid of it and replace it with absolutely nothing and let the market find its way. So I'm kind of curious as to what's going to happen in the next uh, few days. Right, if it starts happening, right? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure it's not going to happen. I'm kind of on the fence. You know, you got to see the guy sworn in, see him do his stuff, because all the shenanigans that are happening. But uh, I don't want to have to subscribe to the allopathic uh, medical insurance system. I really don't. I really don't have any faith in that. And maybe there's some good stuff in there, Doc, and you're, you'd have to tell me about that because they have no trust with me at this point. They've been playing yeah, well, this game with the pharmaceutical guys for a long time. Yeah, well, Joe and I were just talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Other than the emergency room where those guys, God bless them, it's a specialty all to itself, I don't think there's any medication and maybe something for pain while you're suffering while we figure out what's wrong. But I don't think there's any medication a doctor that truly takes the oath to do no harm 
could look you in the eyes and say you're deficient in this medication at all in the pharmacy. Uh, I, I don't see it. Now, in the emergency room, that's different. All bets are off. Whatever it takes to save a life or whatever they got to do, God bless them because they are a specialty. But I agree with you. I'm very nervous about what's coming, but I think if Trump lets, the, the as they're talking, lets, lets the doctors and the patients control the health care, it should be a good thing. Have you heard anything new on that, Joe? Yeah, no, a ton of stuff. You guys are uh, getting the wheels spinning in all different directions. Now, I do know uh, RFK Jr. is, uh, what, looking at a position on uh, on Trump's administration, and uh, hopefully yep. he'll investigate the uh, the vaccinations, you know. I mean, here's something from, uh, you know, his quote, uh, you know, and this is from him. They get the shot, and that night they have a fever 103. They go to sleep, and three months later their brain is gone. This is a holocaust. Uh, what this is doing to our country, Robert F. Uh-huh. Kennedy Jr. So, yeah, sorry for misquoting him. No, I, I, we got it right. You know, I hope he does that. He sounded a little uh, timid in his response. I don't know if that was, you know, I mean, he's talking about battling a giant. I mean, going up against those industries there, uh, I wish him the best. I mean, yeah, and we do. We wish all of the people that are in, in politics, we wish the people, you know, in all the public service, uh, you know, whatever position they, they're in. You know, we love them to death. We, we're not bagging on them or anything like that. I know their hands are tied. They're trying to do the best they possibly can. All right. But, you know, they, they got battles to face. You know, they got a lot of things uh, ahead of them. Talking about, you know, Steve, you said you weren't feeling good or you had that little, you know, thing in the throat. Now, one thing that, I, you know, has come across my radar and I'm kind of keeping an eye on, you know, the Fukushima thing is not over. We're far from over with that. Now, we just had a cold front push across, you know, the country. And, you know, these uh, radioactive isotopes are up in the clouds, folks. They're coming down in the rain. Uh, you know, we're getting doses on a daily basis that probably uh, are going to accumulate a little bit faster than they did in, in previous years. Uh, you know, not only is the food that's coming from the east a little little tainted, but now the air is tainted. You know, the weather is tainted. So that's something to keep an eye out there. And, you know, it has flu-like symptoms. So if you you have these prolonged symptoms, you know, you really need to look at that because those are very concerning, you know, and they're going to tear you down real quick. And if that's the case, well, I don't know what what the, uh, you know, what the outcome of that's going to be. But uh, I did have something, too, and it's kind of funny with this whole health thing. There's a game out, and I know we love Tom Clancy. You know, he's a great writer. Uh, they've got a new game coming out, and it's called Collapse. Okay, it's not out yet, but they're doing little, you know, pre-marketing stuff. And it's basically, okay, the end of society. And they've got this <laughs> pretty cool little uh, application online that you can go to now, and it's called Start the Collapse. And I'm not pushing the book or anything. I'm not taking any endorsements, but it, it's so relevant. Because what you can do is you can type in your zip code where you are, and you can see how a viral outbreak is going to affect your community directly. Now, when I did it, it started pulling up you know, things from Houston, and all the hospitals, and, I, and I've been to all these hospitals before, trust me, over time, you know, whether it was news or, or, or whatever events. But, you know, these people that are in these hospitals, I mean, they're on the front line battling, and our prayers are with them. You know, everybody that's out there doing what they possibly can, you know, that's a good thing for this country. Our hearts are with them. You know, we wish you the best mm. over the next couple of days. You know, these, these people that are getting paid to go out there and cause chaos, a shame on you. What are you doing? I mean... You're, you're, you're not only destroying yourself, 
you're destroying the greatest country. This is the last place in the world you're going to have the kind of freedom to do what you want to do. And unfortunately, you're doing it for bad cause. And I hope they get every one of them, you know, get, get their tax returns when they come at the end of the year. These people need to be audited, not the little guys, not the independent producers, not the independent, you know, people that are out there talking about these things, but these people that are directly causing that. And if George Soros's money is tied to this, well, that those assets need to be frozen, and he needs to pay. He not only needs to pay back these cities, these towns. He needs to pay back this country. He probably needs to pay back the world at this point, because this guy is out of control. We talked about that last week, and Dave, I saw so many different things. People are just outraged, and it's great that they're finally waking up to see this. All right, but check out this little game. It's it's pretty interesting. It'll it'll enlighten you to a couple of facts that you might not be aware of. If there were something that happened like that. Worst-case scenario, well, you talk about your hands being tied. It is every man, woman, and child for himself, and you better hunker down in your bunker. And that's, that's not a joke. I mean, we laugh about it. But, you hey, know. Joe. <laughs> hey, you know, um, two months ago, uh, one of my friends from the hospital here in town was sitting there going, yeah, man, we got a special thing going on, right? You know, we're going to get prepared for an outbreak. And they got a bunch of volunteers, and they, you know, shut down a street, and they prepared to stab a whole bunch of people with some vaccine, and they got a bunch of actors, and they they go through this whole thing. Now, when you say a real outbreak, so these people that feel that they're trying to help everybody are going to be jabbing them with antibiotics and whatnot, and they're actually going to be fanning the flames. It's, it's kind of a shame. And you can't tell anybody anything until they actually find a way to understand themselves. And that's one of the problems that I see in this Tom Clancy novel. And it might be reality. I don't, I don't you know, disagree with you on that. And I definitely don't disagree with you on Fukushima. But, you know, start living in a world where you go, man, it's dark out there, man. It's dark. And how do we make it lighter? I think radio shows like this do because it, it offers up situ, uh, solutions. You know, iodine has been a great solution, right, too bad it's metered and measured and monitored by the government, you know, but it's a good solution. There's a lot of good solutions out there. Uh, what do you think, Joe? No, I agree, and I use all of them, or at least the ones that I feel that I need. I find that, you know, like when I'm doing the show, I have so much stuff written down, it's crazy. But when I get to the show, I kind of push everything to the side, and I just live in the moment, and I talk to things that are current in my thinking. And, you know, you see everything that's going on, and, you know, I, I know everybody's got a different situation, but me personally, you know, you just got to limit the amount of interference that's in your life, and you got to think clearly and, you know, you got to really shut all these things off and almost shut your own thinking down and just get to the place where you can actually hear. And you mentioned something about the frequency and how Tesla was using the energy from the Earth. And now that's something I started to look into. And, Dave, I know I'm going to hit you on this pretty hard when, when I get through it. It's, it's about three hours worth of, uh, of documentary. But the whole harmonic frequency principle, and they were actually measuring the frequency output of ourselves, of the human being, and the heart rate and the, and, the, and the rhythm there. And it is basically 
parallel with the pulse of the earth, if you will. All right, so what I'm saying, clear everything off your plate and realize, hey, I've got a lot, a lot of work ahead of me. What do I need to do? Prioritize those things. We know that the attack is out there. We know that it's coming on. I'm, I'm kind of happy, you know, that we're living in history. You know, I know Jesus Christ controls history, so I'm just kind of sitting back and watching things unfold, and I have my faith and confidence in that. I mean, that, that to me is absolute. That's, what do you think made all this stuff? We're just watching history unfold. You see the chaos, though, in this world. It's going to be out on the street, and people are being paid to. You talk about artificial. That is so artificial. That's so artificial. But natural, Dave, right your alley, is just getting into a perfect place and figuring out what you need the most. And like I said, everybody's well, and, different. Yeah, everybody's and that's different. why we better hope that somebody, maybe Trump, maybe somebody in this group, steps up and takes control again. Because it's out of control. You've got people spraying out. stuff in the sky. You've got people in Alaska working on uh, what they call an antenna system, which it isn't. There's too many things that are being hid from the average person that are dangerous. And they're being controlled by people who think they know what's best for us. And when it comes to the health of us, they could destroy us all in a heartbeat if they make a mistake or even if it's done on purpose and they don't seem to be too worried. And I don't think any bunker anywhere is going to protect anybody from some of the damages they can cause. So uh, that's why we say, you know, you, you better live today because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and you do the best you can. But these guys are into too many things, too much control, uh, too much experimentation that, you know, I, I saw a thing on uh, uh, the, a documentary, what they did in some laboratory in New York, or was I think it was off the coast of New York, some very scary things that these people were doing, testing on animals and experimenting with viruses and, and bacterias and, you know, terrible stuff. And they, they claim it's all for experimentation for good, but... The guys doing the report said this stuff was based from a military perspective in the beginning. Chimeras they got all are, the money. are definitely a problem. You know, when we start uh, gene splicing or, well, creating artificial life, right, that's a problem. You know, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're going to create. We could create this thing called gray goo, and, well, <laughs> it's all carbon. It's a theorized process where, you know, we make nanos, right, that go after, you know, carbon to clean up a oil spill. And then all of a sudden, well, eh, dang, missed a semicolon in the code, and they just eat all life, right? You know, we're, we're playing around with big forces out there. And, yes, Joe, we're sideways as heck, right? Maybe that I'm about sideways we can cover a lot of different subjects really quick really vague um but we do have a lot of problems we have a lot of solutions for short-term problems like what i was talking about the earlier doc put me on to iodine dang that's, right. that's just brilliant and what did doc invent iodine treatment no it was there before we've got that's this right. construct that's out there and it really is the government 
right? The United States government, that is the construct that's blessing and cursing things that can get us healthy. Instead of getting healthy, we support cancer, right? We, we, you know, we fight cancer. We don't cure cancer. I mean, they are not about anything. And I really, you know, I know I'm a, um, a pessimist, I guess. Um, I, I don't see this administration actually doing anything. You know, it's too big. It's too big, and we're not addressing the right things. I want to be proven wrong. They, too many cooks in the kitchen, Steve. You know, you got it right. Mm-hmm. They mean well, but it's gotten to the point where, you know, I don't think they mean people. well, Joe. I, I, well, I, I think you know, they're I'm out an for their own interest and making money. Yeah, but you know me, I try to stay positive, David. I mean, you know, that's part of the health thing, and that's part of that harmonic frequency. We can't let them get and, us down. And, and, and speaking of cooks in the kitchen, Frank just mentioned the, the benefits they had back in 1918 uh, with the Spanish flu and something as simple as baking soda. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's they a lot the, of things. Uh, apple cider, too. You know, it's like I always say, we're not alternative radio. We're not alternative health care. All these things have been around the longest. The problem is the Johnny-come-latelys have got the control and the money to make people think that they're the latest and greatest and they've been around and they're right and everybody else is wrong. But we talked earlier, just something as simple as the children's uh, lunch menu in the schools across this country. Now, for some reason, the president's wife got involved and I saw a copy of what she told them was healthy and and made them carry it to school lunches. And it was not healthy. It was not good for the kids. And most of the kids were taking the lunches and throwing them away or not picking them up. So a lot of the schools canceled the federal lunch program because they said, we're losing too much money. The, the government loves to tell you how to do things. But a lot of times, like when it comes to nutrition, the people giving the advice and helping make the stupid rules don't have a clue. And that's where the problem comes in. And so I agree with you, Steve. It's not being a pessimist. It's being a realist. You watch this over and over, and it's like the horror movie that never ends. Yeah, but those poor guys in the schools, right, that are doing the lunch program are programmed. Or the dang politicians that are that handed off to, you know, the news. And what do we get? We get the four basic food groups. Now we got the food pyramid with the octagon, the pentagon. I don't know. And it's not based on science. It's based on something else. And they hear it. They internalize it. And they just march along, Doc. They march along. And they say, well, this is going to help everybody. Well, yeah, we you're right. And, and years ago, the food pyramid actually was a good thing, but it was completely turned upside down from what you see today. Back in the yeah, 20s, they, lied. they decided that they were going to side with the commercial food makers and the guys that wanted shelf life instead of health. And they turned that food pyramid upside down. And I know that they had to see the health damage it caused by telling people to eat the way that food pyramid was put together. And the guys that tried to stop them 
and do good were driven out of office and out of uh, their practices because the government and the commercial food industry was just too powerful. So they didn't really care. It was about business, and some of these guys think they know everything, and that, that's the problem, especially in the health industry. None of us really know anything. We we all think we do, but you're always learning, and the more you learn, the dumber you find out you are. Yeah, Dave, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of concerned for you. I know that there are a lot of the holistic doctors that uh, met their untimely demise over a short period of time. I think they're on some research there, and it seems like anybody that's out there talking about good stuff or normal stuff or just having a conversation trying to get the truth out seems to end up on the wrong side of the earth. But um, hopefully that's something that's going to go away. You know, and we have these things coming in. Like we said, the air, the water, you know, and, and look at poor Roger Stone, you know, I mean, uh, he was uh, potentially poisoned with, uh, what was it, polonium or something like that. That's what they killed that Russian mm-hmm. spy with, right? So, you know, if you oh, talk too loud, they're yeah. going to get to you. So totally. we have a policy here where we don't poke the bear. Like I said, I believe that there are a lot of good people out there, and I'm going to stay positive. You know, we need government, but just not so much. And if they just give a little bit of the money back, I'd be happy, which is why I'm going to push that tax. Uh, a program when Trump gets into office. Hopefully things are going to go smoothly. I heard a bunch of bikers were going up to uh, D.C., what they call it, the Wall of Meat. What was that all about? Steve, did you hear anything about that? Well, I heard a lot about that. I've heard a lot about a lot of things in D.C., you know, (laughs) as far as how that goes. At this moment, I think that the the snowflakes are just going to be snowflakes, right, and all the predictions about, you know, a second Ferguson and all this other stuff is all going to be muted. Now, I'm not good at predictions. Let me give you that, right? But that's my my gut feeling. Um, But, you know, when we worry about things like, are we going to be killed for what we're saying or coming on air and, you know, I could be Mr. Snowbody or something like that on the radio instead of Steve O'Brien. Man... It, it really, the measure of a man is what you stand for and how you stand. And as far as when people come at you, like Doc, props to him. You know, he, you know he's doing his thing. And, uh, well, <laughs> that's what we live our life for, is to be good people and measure up to our ethics. And I know Doc does that all the time. So if they take him out, I'm pissed off right i don't see that happening necessarily well (laughs) but you never know um but i see doc living up to that kind of a a measurement that i like in a person that's why i befriended him right somehow we became friends i don't even remember how Mm. i I appreciate it uh joe and steve thank you guys very much for being here ladies and gentlemen we're just about to that point of the evening where we want to tell you uh, thanks for letting us be a part of your life and a part of your health care. Um, may God bless you with health and happiness. And please make sure that you're not so busy worrying about tomorrow that you don't live today. And we will uh, be able to tune in and hear Steve and, and his show on Sunday, uh, the Republic Broadcasting uh, Network. It's called the Republic of Texas Radio. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, Thank you, Frank, for taking care of things in the background. And uh, we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Take care.
the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. The way the evening breeze may tease a candle flame. The thousand dreams I dreamed, the splendid things I planned, I always built to last on weak and shifting sand. I live by night and shun the naked light of day. And only now I see how the years ran away. Yesterday, when I was young, so many happy songs were waiting. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Good evening. Welcome to America Betrayed. My name is John Clark, and this is AVR, American Voice Radio Network, where you're always going to hear the truth. And if you want to read the truth, go to nationalwritersyndicate.com, www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. You'll also see a preview of uh, tonight's show on there. And again, uh, tune in to AVR every day of the week, where you're always going to hear the truth. My One of my co-hosts uh, tonight is Frank Steffen. Uh, he has one of the top shows here on uh, AVR. You might want to catch his show. But tonight we've got a very, very serious show um, because of what's coming up Friday. It uh, it, it doesn't look good. Um, first off, uh, Trump uh, let the boycotting commie Demo- Democrats. Uh, he thanked them for giving up their seats because he said we really needed them. So that was a thank you to these uh, communist Democrats. Now, I hope that he thinks that he can go in there and change what's been going on for at least 50, 60 years. And what I mean by that is uh, growing up, I had many black friends. My mentor when I went to uh, Hollywood, California, was a black man. Uh, When I was a biker, when I was a younger kid, uh, there was a black motorcycle club. We were always invited over to their club and 
uh, there was no racism involved, none of that. And then little by little start creeping in that I was the racist. Uh, all white people were the racist. And uh, I go, wait a minute. Uh, I don't uh, think that way. But then pretty soon, uh, you know, they all begin to turn. Uh, you know, we've got all these uh, movie stars, uh, uh, especially when Obama came in, thinking that he's like Jesus Christ and a God and everything. I go, are these people crazy? This guy is a, a, a communist. He's a Muslim. He wants to destroy this country. He's a homosexual. Uh, just everything. But yet they, they admired him. Now, 95% of blacks voted for Obama, 95%. Only 8% voted for Trump. So they're still racist. They voted for him, uh, Obama, because he's black. Now, I also remember back in the 30s and 40s um, seeing films of Harlem. Uh, blacks were dressed very nice. They had nice nightclubs. They were coming up in the world. And uh, they had a chance to become uh, uh, citizens of this country. But they, they were forced not to... Uh, uh, become uh, like whitey or honky or whatever they call them. And now who did that? Uh, well, the, the Democratic Party. Uh, Lyndon Johnson uh, said, look, here's some free money. Uh, I'm going to give you free money. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There's only one one catch. You can't have a man in the house. So that broke down the fam black family. And then you had Martin Luther King, who everybody admired. He was a communist. What they don't understand is communism is the highest form of, the, of, of slavery. But only because they give them free stuff, they keep doing it. They did it, tried it with this election. They've been at this for 50, 60 years. Joe McCarthy was right many years ago, saying there was a communist in every, every block. Of course there was. So Trump has his uh, work cut out for him. If he can correct in four years what they've been doing for 50, 60 years, and they're very upset because they really felt that they had this in the bag, that Hillary had it in the bag. They had everything rigged like you wouldn't believe. These are liars. These are cheats. These are uh, sadist, masochist, satanic people. They commit, uh, they commit satanic sacrifices. My friend Ted Gunderson used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles. He started exposing them uh, about these satanic sacrifices, little children that they kidnapped. These are the Democrats. They killed Ted. They got him with arsenic. Sonny Bono was going to expose uh, the Clinton-Bush crime families. They killed him, too. Now, Like I said, I, I, I don't care what color a person's skin is or what the religion or whatever, but I'm sick and tired of being called a racist and every name in the book, but yet I'm the racist. I'm the only one, a white male, I'm the only one excluded from affirmative action. But yet blacks can go out and have black colleges, black entertainment television, black this, black that, they can rape, rob, steal, burn down cities, and then be rewarded for it. Now, a lot of Americans would say it was a grave mistake by dying, dying to free African slaves during the Civil War. And a lot of Americans are saying yes, because a lot of them are still under the hold of the Democratic Party. 
should President, and they're also asked, should President Lincoln have sent the post-war blacks back to, well, he was going to send them to uh, the Caribbean. Thomas Jefferson wanted to deport them back to, well, not, but to Central America. Now, the other thing is, should this guy, this guy, this idiot, communist, piece of crap, Lewis, a former Black Panther came out and spilled the beans on this guy, saying that when he was beat up, when they were going for civil rights, the people that beat him up were Democrats. So he became afraid and went with the Democrats. He's still a slave. Look back in history. I mean, all, every one of these blacks that are boycotting uh, this inaugural are communists. They belong to the Communist Party. Should Al Sharpton be arrested in prison for owing millions of dollars in back taxes? What do you think would happen if you did it or I did it? You'd be in jail. It's not racial discrimination. It's only committed against white taxpayers. Now, what I'm going to be talking about with Frank here, we talked about it last week, that there was a possibility that ISIS was working with the drug cartels in Mexico. And I did get word back from uh, one of my sources that they did an investigation and they said if they do try it, they're going to be wiped out. So I hope he's right because there's some serious things that, that are changing. Uh, some of the security measures that very similar to what happened in Dallas uh, with uh, uh, John F. Kennedy and this uh, CIA, head of the CIA, well, the CIA and the mafia are the ones that killed JFK and the head of the CIA now is a communist and a Muslim, a Muslim convert. And they're going to do everything they can. I mean, they are pissed off. So they're going to do everything they can to stop, Trump getting in office because he's upsetting the apple cart. He's making the shit float to the surface. And hopefully he'll have a scooper big enough to get rid of it. I mean, it's just amazing how far we've gone down. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah was nothing compared to what California has become, my home state. So, Frank, why don't you weigh in on some of these things and also the ISIS and all these uh, things that are coming up on Friday. What do you feel is going to happen? I mean, I think it's going to be one of the most unusual events we've ever seen. I lived in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and I saw heavy-duty events, huge. But uh, this, I was at the Million Man March with the, when Farrakhan was up there calling this an evil experiment gone wrong and that Jews were gutter rats and everything else. So what do you think, Frank? Well, uh, it's already... You know, a very unusual uh, inauguration, even before it ever happens. You know, I mean, I've never, uh, I've never seen anything like this since I've been alive. You know, to where, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, people were upset about George Bush and they lined the way and threw tomatoes at his limousine and stuff. You know, okay, and, and I'm all for that. You know, that's America. You know, if you don't like something, get out there, and you're not going to hurt anybody by throwing tomatoes at him or anything like that. That's good, but. I've never seen anything like where groups are being videotaped planning to chain down the the metro subways and uh talking about punching people in their throats and uh you, you know that that's what these little weasel uh snowflakes are talking about and they're and they're caught on 
on video doing it, you know, and I, I just don't get, well, I do get, but, I mean, people who are kind of clueless out there need to start asking themselves, well, gee, you know, if I can watch this on YouTube that, you know, these guys are planning to assault people, damage property, and basically shut down the city, uh, why isn't the FBI doing something about it? Why aren't they going to these people? I mean, if this guy with the video thing, uh, you know, O'Keefe, can find these people, why can't the FBI? I think the answer to that, Frank, we saw with Kami when he uh, uh, let uh, uh, Hillary off the hook. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Is is uh, completely contaminated. You, I think you remember Ted Gunderson when I used to have him on the show when when Ted was head of the FBI. It was a clean operation, but he said it had been completely taken over by the Illuminati. And uh, uh, like I said, they are going to do everything in their power to stop this. Now a lot of these rioters are being paid twenty five hundred dollars just to go out that one time. Twenty five hundred dollars are being paid. Sure. And they're well, also I mean, talking about using poison gas. Yeah. I, I read that too, you know, and 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 you know, so you got to wonder why, you know, if this this kid with a a video can find these guys and video them, why can't the FBI? Where are they? Are they allowing this? Is that what's going on? Because if it is, well, then, you know, the FBI needs to be shut down, and everybody involved in it needs to go to prison, including especially Comey. Yeah, yeah. What happened with JFK? It was the same thing happened. Uh, the green light was given to kill JFK by our own government. That uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, also Nixon, and also uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, same thing, and that's why I'm a little worried about this. Well, I'm uh, hoping that Trump. I'm hoping that Trump has learned something from all that, be- and I, and I think he may have. And I don't know how true these reports are, but I w- was reading that Trump has decided to keep his own security people. Well, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Oh, me either. But, I mean, it's it, it, it's showing at least a, a little bit that maybe he is aware of what kind of snake pit he's walking into. Well, he, they, his group uh, is really concerned of a coup d'etat. They are concerned about that, uh, that I know. I've seen that. Uh, before we go any further, Frank, uh, if people like to call in, um, join in conversation, you know, like what we're saying, call in. If you like what we're saying, call in. Toll-free number is 800-932-1980. Again, 800-932-1980. Call in and tell us to drop dead or whatever you want um, or if you like it. Uh, if you're an American and you uh, really feel that, uh, you know, we're we're being given the shaft for the last, well, many, many years. The Bush crime, Bush Clinton crime families ran the White House for 40 years plus. Uh, the reason why they're so upset, it upset their criminal enterprise. That, uh, Cong- and that's all Congress is right now is a criminal enterprise. Uh, the blacks in the, in the Democratic Party are all communists. Uh, they hate Whitey. They want their own uh, uh, state. Uh, part of the country, I say, hey, you you don't like it here? Here's a free ticket, one-way ticket, take away their passports and don't come back. Like Rosie O'Donnell and all the rest of these creeps that uh, say, well, uh, they're going to go to Canada. In fact, there's one college student uh, right now who said he's going to cut off his penis if Trump builds a wall. Well, I've already sent him a knife, so <laughs> if you want to Well, you know, him. I'm all for California leaving the Union and uh, the rest of the, you know, the border states build a wall around there. And, and, you know, they keep bragging about, oh, we got the sixth biggest economy. Well, I'd like to see how California would do on their own. They would crash and burn in, in, in 
10 days. That that state would never make it. They can't compete. Uh, it's a sad disgrace of what that, you know, and they took probably one of the nicer states, one of the more, you know, prosperous states and and turned it to crap. I mean, that you want to see what you want to see what Democrats can accomplish. You go look at what happened to California. You look at it in the 60s and the 50s, and then you look at it now. This is what Democrats accomplish. You want some more proof? Go look at Chicago and see what Democrats can accomplish. Well, Frank, I grew up in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. it was a beautiful city. I didn't think so growing up there because yeah, I didn't know anything else. But after traveling, I go, wow, you know, people are right. Uh, but they've absolutely ruined, ruined San Francisco. Uh, friends of mine, uh, childhood friends of mine, that went to grammar school, high school uh, together, uh, are, are fed up. They said the streets are dirty, uh, people are urinating, defecating on the sidewalks. Uh, there's special areas for the homeless to, to sleep. No, they uh, turned it into a ghetto. Yeah, and and then they say, well, we're a sanctuary city, uh, and yeah, you know, the only. Uh, weapon that Trump has that I see is to withhold federal funding. Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 would, I, would, I would withhold every dime from the whole state of California. Not one penny would go back to California for any reason whatsoever. Education, roads, nothing. Not a zip. Not a thing. Not one penny. Good. You got such a big economy. You're such big shots. You're so... You, okay, good. Good luck. You know, no money, nothing, zero. No, we can't. We can't let California go. I like yeah, we can't let California go. We really can. Well, because it's I, already I, gone, I, John. It's already gone. You, you know, you're talking about San Francisco being in bad shape, and that's, you know, San Francisco is pretty much considered Northern California. I mean, it's 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 up there. Southern California is is gone. I mean, it makes it makes San Francisco look like a nice place. Okay, it, it's it, the state is it's a shame, but it's a fact. And I know there's some counties up in the north that, you know, there's no real cities up there and there's it's just basically woods. But it's still California and all the rules and regulations and laws still apply up there and all the taxes still apply up there. And it's well, killing those people. The people that destroyed San Francisco, the the way it was stepped first is the homosexuals. They came into town and. Uh, they beautified uh, uh, areas that were really run down, and people said, well, maybe they're not so bad. They Okay, then they moved in a little more. And then when AIDS came out in San Francisco, uh, bisexual men went out and had sex with uh, heterosexual women to spread AIDS to uh, heterosexual women because they knew if it stayed with them, they wouldn't get government funding. Now, I'm, that's not me just saying that. I used to work at the newspaper there, and uh, Randy uh, Schultz uh, was a writer, and he wrote a book, and the band played on. He was a homosexual, and, and it's in his book, and there's also a movie, and the band played on, where this was happening. In the bathhouses, they would have sex with 100 people, then uh, go out and have sex with a heterosexual woman to spread the disease, because they, they then they want us to uh, pay for it. The well, same way with uh, abortion. Well, and you here's know, the thing. You know, they're still doing it. I read about it all the time. They're still doing it. They know they have AIDS, and they're going out there having sex with as many people as they can. Because they're yeah. vicious, bitter little deviants is why. 
Yeah, there's something wrong with liberals. I mean, their brain. Uh, they, you know, they they should really be neutered. Uh, every every single one of them. Well, I think that's what Lyndon B. Johnson had mind when he did the whole. Uh, you know, it kind of backfired. But I think that's what he had mind when they put in the rule. Well, you know, we'll give you money and take care of your kids, but you can't have a man around because they figured, yeah, well, you know, if there's no man around, you won't be having any more kids. Because at the time, you know, the black community was a religious community. Most blacks were Christians, and they and they not only just called themselves Christians, they actually tried to live, you know, by Christian principles. And, uh, you know, they probably figured, hey, you know, if there's no man around, then you won't be getting pregnant again, and we'll be cutting you down in uh, population. And that was where Lyndon Johnson really was coming from, because he was pals with Margaret Sanger and that whole uh, eugenics group. You know, I mean, this is what right. they wanted. And the blacks got to understand that the Democratic Party has, and listen, wanted to exterminate you for a long time. It wasn't the Republicans. It's not conservatives. Yeah, sure, conservatives, uh, you know, businessmen, sure, they want to take advantage of you. They want to take advantage of anybody. You know, it's not just you. It's got nothing to do with your skin color. It's that, hey, if you can work. They're going to try to take advantage of you. They don't care what color you are. I mean, isn't that clear? They'll hire Indians, Asians, uh, blacks, whites. They don't care as long as you'll work for nothing. Uh, you're our boy. But the Democrats, see, they got this eugenics history to where they just think you're monkey people that need to die. And yet they come out there and act like, oh, you know, we're for you and you got to. So how's that working out for everybody? How how the eight years of Obama, how'd that help the black community? Well, Frank, we're coming up on uh, break here. And I just want to make a couple of announcements. Again, the toll free. 932-1980. Again, 800-932-1980. Now, yeah, I hope you can. I hope you can hear me. Okay. Well, now yeah, I can, but you were going in and out there for a minute. I thought we lost. Yeah, there's something something wrong with the, um, I don't know, Skype or whatever. Uh, um, the first song we're going to play uh, at the beginning of break is uh, a friend of mine, uh, Randy Forrester. He used to be with Elvin Bishop, and he was with Eddie Money for many years. I'm hoping he'll be on the show next week along with Donnie Baldwin from Starship. Uh, we're going to do a, a whole hour on uh, just the music industry, my part of the music industry when I produce concerts, also Randy, Donnie Baldwin, and I think think you'll enjoy this song. Again, toll-free number is 800-932-1980.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. You've just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants, and you are really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Darling, you sent me, I know you sent me, darling, you sent me, honest you do, honest you do, honest you do.
Welcome back to America Betrayed. I'm your host, John Clark. You're listening to us on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. If you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. And again, also go to nationalwriterssyndicate.com, where you're going to read about the truth. And here on AVR, you're going to hear the truth. Um, Tonight's uh, discussion is about what's happening uh, Friday with the uh, uh, inaugural. Uh, a little worried about it because now all these uh, uh, black communists, and uh, which I feel should be listed as a terrorist group, uh, which we talked about uh, earlier. Uh, also, you know, I was talking about how I've worked with many blacks all my life. In fact, one of my co-hosts uh, before I got sick was uh, Sonny Turner, lead singer for the Platters. And I had to cut him off because he pulled a race card on one of my guests one night, and I was really shocked. Uh, I I don't pull it, and I hope uh, they don't pull it, but they do. I, I was just amazed at uh, some of these movie stars like Morgan Freeman thinking Jesus Christ is, is Obama. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for these people, but I would say boycott all these uh, uh, TV shows, uh, movies, because these people are totally, totally out of touch. They're, they're, they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. But for a little change of pace, uh, I like to go down where it's nice and quiet, a nice, peaceful place. That's down in the Arizona desert where uh, my friend and co-host uh, Rattlesnake Ray lives. I hope it's still peace and quiet down there. Let's go down and see what's happening. Ray, uh, I, I thought you were living in a peaceful, quiet place down there. Yeah, John, that was kind of peaceful quiet there. You need to uh, cue the Apocalypse Now helicopters, and uh, it would be more like what really goes on here in the uh, the southern border. You could uh, oh. have Robert Duvall standing out there <laughs> saying how, how he likes the smell of uh, kerosene from burning from a helicopter in the morning sun yeah, while they're being like, chased up the road. Yeah, I like the smell of napalm. Uh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking about uh, how blacks have uh, really degenerated over the years, uh, thanks to the Democratic Party uh, keeping them as slaves. Uh, you know, taking away their, uh, the man out of the house, and uh, we've seen all the the cities that they've destroyed in this country. And uh, I think they're one of the most destructive forces, and they're being used. And uh, I, I don't know if they're too far gone or if. Uh, uh, Trump can uh, save it, and they're saying, well, we're bad. But yet uh, there was a, a black uh, uh, college band that wanted to uh, play at Trump's thing, but they didn't have money. Well, being on the on Fox Network, uh, the people raised a half a million dollars for him. White people care about black people, and they don't care about the trash that's out there now. And these politicians could care less. The black politicians care less about black people. They just want them enslaved. They don't realize that uh, all the people that you, that I've known, black people, you knew them when I had them on the show. We had uh, uh, Isola Foster, who ran for vice president of the United States. We had others, uh, all black, and they went to their leaders to kind of get things done and never could because they're pieces of crap is all they are. All the black leaders are evil, no good, communists, and they've sold their people down the drain. 
Yeah, it's really a shame because uh, there are still some good black people out there, but uh, when only 8% votes for Trump, then you see that there's still racists out there. They are the racists. Uh, how do you feel about that, Ray? Well, yeah, John, I agree with what you're saying. The uh, black or so-called uh, African leaders, they, got, they like to say African-American. I won't use the African-American with them. I'll just flat out say African, because if you want to be an African, just uh, don't insult the, the uh, idea of America or American by putting African in front of it. But the black leaders, to me, are the same type of people who back in the 1600s with the slave trade were the actual people who went out and rounded up other blacks. They were Africans. They were black Africans who went through the different uh, countries on the continent of Africa and brought their own dark-skinned black people to the shores to put on ships to come over to uh, you know Britain and the various West Indies and America and different countries as slaves. So they, they basically, I, I think they're keeping them as slaves right now. Just It's for money. It's all for money. Well, it's their voting bloc, and uh, those were Muslims that were uh, uh, taking their own people in. Yeah, but yet, uh, it's really amazing that the liberals love Muslims. Uh, the homosexuals are promoting Muslims, yet they want to throw them off the roof. Uh, these dumbass women... Uh, uh, promoting uh, Muslims and joining them. Uh, this Lindsay Lohan, I understand, has gone over the Middle East to uh, become a Muslim. I mean, what's wrong with these people? Well, how do you know what, John? You say Lindsay Lohan. I mean, they're all idiots that gone over there and do that. But uh, that that despicable human being, traitorous Jane Fonda, the Hanoi, Hanoi whore, she should have just stayed right over with the communists in North Vietnam and, uh, and become... Uh, you know, a communist over there. They, it, it's just amazing the amount of hate that goes on with the white guilt and hate that these people have for America. And if it wasn't for America, the United States of America does more for black people than any other country, nation, continent, civilization in the world. If, you, right. you know, if any of them would like to, why don't they go uh, over to Africa and see what the conditions are when they're living over there, but they better learn how to use uh, machetes and AK-47s first in order to protect themselves because they're killing each other over there. I remember when Muhammad Ali first went to Africa, and he got off the plane, he looked around, he says, I sure am glad my ancestors got on those ships. Uh, so I, uh, one African country over there offered any, any black from America to go over there for free land, but they're not going to go because they'd have to work it. Uh, they've been spoiled, uh, but they've all—they don't realize they're under control. They're enslaved. Now, we were talking about uh, uh, Obama being tried for treason, uh, Hillary being tried for treason, uh, and uh, a few others. I, I think practically all of them that uh, worked with uh, Obama in the White House should be tried for. How do you feel about that, Ray? Well, it should only be about a. Uh two-day trial, but then again, it might have to be longer than two-day trial, maybe a two-week trial, but if I just keep bringing up the treasonous and traitorous acts that both of those anti-Americans have perpetrated on, you know, in the in the name of the, their Democrat party, but the uh, reason I say two weeks, it would probably take two weeks to just read off at 24 hours a day the traitorous uh, attacks that they're guilty of, but 
it, you know, John, you know, it's never going to happen. They'll just, uh, when Obama gets out, he's just going to keep rising and rising in the, the eyes of, uh, of all these, uh, liberal socialist Democrat communists that, uh, are just going to look at him as the, the Messiah, the greatest ever. You know, they're all going to have those tingles down their legs like that idiot, was it that oh, yeah. Matthew said when he's next to him, you know, just simple things. But, uh, yeah, 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 Frank, uh, Frank, I, yeah. I, I would like to see Hillary locked up. I mean, Hillary should be locked up. And uh, even Obama today, when he released this uh, Puerto Rican that should be in jail for 55 years, he was on a, he was a, a terrorist back in the 1970s, but they didn't quite call it that then. Uh, you know, I, I just, it's amazing what, I think it's just what he's going to do tomorrow with his pardons would probably stand for sedition, you know, traitorous acts against the United States by the time he gets done pardoning in, you know, two or three days when he's going to... Frank, Frank, how do you feel about that? Hey, John. Uh, well, I don't know. I got to laugh when you mentioned Lindsay Lohan and uh, <laughs> what's wrong with these people. Talk about two weeks. I mean, you know, that won't cover it. You know, you, you could go on and on. <laughs> it's just... Look, America's got so many problems, I... I don't know what to say other than, you know, I'm really glad Hillary Clinton did not get elected. Uh, and, and I've got nothing particularly, you know, real against Trump. Uh, I don't trust him. But even if I did trust him, and even if I did love him, and even if I was supportive of him, uh, I gotta say, I don't... I don't... I don't see how he can fix things. Uh, we have fundamental problems that are beyond fixing. I mean, we have uh, we have a morality problem in this country. The the foundation this country was based on was Christ, Christian principles, and they've destroyed that, which means you've destroyed the foundation that this country sits on. Then another foundation of our monetary system is our currency, and that's a phony, fake paper tiger it's it's a fraud it's you know it's a debt-based system it can't stand it's a ponzi scheme that's run its course it's about to collapse i you know you could go on and on and on about it then you look at the military we can't we can't even get an aircraft carrier in the ocean anymore we can't build an aircraft that that flies anymore we can't even build a boat for around the uh you know the shores the littoral fleet that they can't build that either because there's so much corruption the Zumwalt breaks down in the Panama Canal because we don't make any of our own uh, microchips in this country anymore. We buy them from China. China? Really? Supplying our microchips for our destroyers? You know, we have problems. And, and then we go, you know, and then, of course, there's the ones everybody knows about. We, we have an immigration problem. We have a refugee problem. You know, we have these these problems that everybody knows about, but they aren't the foundational problems. So I think we've got real problems that aren't going to be solved, and people need to basically hunker down and prepare themselves for a real rough ride. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, if people want a wake-up call, and if you want to, if you doubt uh, what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah, and if you have Google Earth, uh, go to the Dead Sea, and on the west side, look at the ashes all along the whole de- Dead Sea there. That's the remains of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, that was discovered many years ago by Ron Wyatt. 
uh, it, they proved beyond a doubt that it was Sodom and Gomorrah because they found brimstone with 98% sulfur in it. Uh, so ch- check it out now. They thought homosexuality was uh, uh, fine, too. And like, just like in California, they just... Uh, um, uh, we also have a caller, Scooter. Scooter, hello. Yo, brother. How you doing? Hey. What would you, what hey, would you like good. to talk you about? You know, I was listening to your program. I wanted to go back a step. Um, you know, I'm really upset. I'm an employer. I hire, I hire anybody. I don't care if they're black or they're white or they're Hispanic or Asian or Caucasian. I, I give everybody a chance. If, they, if they're up for the spot, I put them in it. But I'm tired of being singled out as, as, as a bad guy because I put a black man to work and then all of a sudden I'm being sued for sexual harassment or uh, I'm being singled out because he says that, well, A, he can't perform, and when I have a problem with that, it's, oh, you're, you're, you're a racist. You, you're coming against me. And it, there's nothing of the kind. It had nothing to do with race, creed, or color. And what's really killing me is that they throw the race card, but if you were to ever say anything about being white, you're the racist. It's, it's, it's totally bass backwards. It's like we're being, we're being held hostage for something that happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. A long, long time ago. Uh, you're absolutely right. Scooter. Uh, I, I hired uh, blacks when I was told not to, when I was very young, I was a, uh, uh, manager of a, uh, a shop, and they told me not to hire any blacks. And I said, why not? They said, just don't hire any. I, I had to hire all Hispanics. This was in Los Angeles. And uh, I, uh, one black man came to me one day, and he was in tears. I've got a you know wife and two kids. I need a job. And I gave him a job. Uh, well, the next day he filed for uh, disability. And they said, that's why we don't want you to hire, hire blacks. So uh, it's it's very sad, and I and I I don't want to judge somebody by their by their color by any means, and I and I, because I've actually had many black friends that I found to be very upstanding citizens that paid their taxes and supported their families and did their jobs. Um, but moving backwards in time, when I was in college, I ended up in a dispute with another black student, and he sat in the classroom in front of many students. And he called me many, he said, honky, white boy, ghost, cracker, whatever, right on down the line, okay? And I made the mistake. I turned around and I said, hey, why don't you be quiet, you black spot? I said that, okay? And instantly, I was the Klan's member. Every head in that room spun, and I became the bad man. And uh, I was actually held after by the professor and kind of warned to keep my mouth shut. I was like, did you not hear what he said to me? Was that not racist? And he's, he, he agreed with me, but not in so many terms, but basically said, just don't ever talk to him again. Do not associate. And I was like, this is wrong. This is out of, this is out of line. Well, it's called uh, genocide of the white race, uh, which is being perpetrated by a group of people. Uh, like, I don't know if you heard earlier that uh, affirmative action, only the white male is excluded from uh, affirmative action as part of the, uh, you know, the getting rid of uh, the yeah, white race. Which I'll they share another quick story with you. My father was 
involved with the military, and he was in Germany. And for quite some time, a bunch of the black soldiers had shirts made that said, it's a black thing, across the shirt. Nobody ever said anything, okay? This went on for some time. They had a shirt that said, it's a black thing. And then, out of nowhere, a couple of white soldiers had a shirt that said, it's a white thing. Who do you think got run up the flagpole? Who do you think got freaking dragged in and told not to freaking wear a shirt that says it's a white thing? Yeah, the, 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 white, the white guys. Well, Scooter, where, where are you right. calling from? El Cajon, California. Oh, okay, great. How's the weather out there? Uh, today was a little bit nipply, but I'm used to like 70-something, so it goes to 68. I'm putting on a jacket, so... Well, that's good. I really appreciate your call. So, uh, Scooter, you ready for uh, you ready to leave the union with California? Uh, you know, California's fucked up. They got a lot of problems. Um, I, I've been here for a long time. I like the weather. I got a lot of connections. But uh, uh, you're right. I've actually contemplated freaking jumping out of here because it's so anti-American. They are. I got more hands in my pocket than I, I can't even put my own hands in my pocket. Well, let me ask you something, Scooter, from somebody trying to do business in California, which, gosh, you, you must be a really, really super hard-working guy because uh, I know some people who live in California, and <laughs> I, don't know how you, I don't know how you can do business in California. But from somebody who is doing business down there, uh, what do you figure would happen if, you know, California keeps, uh, you know, sticking its nose at uh, Trump, and he says, okay, fine, no more federal money. Uh, how's California going to do? Uh, what are they going to turn around and do? They, well, I mean, can, well, they, ta- you know, can, they actually, can they actually tax you more? I mean, is there is there any more to tax? Hey, more than 50% of every dollar I earn pays some variety of tax, whether it be sales tax or luxury tax or liquor tax or tobacco tax, whether it be gasoline tax or freaking tax for the air I breathe and the water I drink. They tax everything we do, and it is outrageous. And many people are are being crippled by it. And, hey, let me tell you something. I've raised my family in San Diego. I am the single-income provider for my family. My wife has not worked for 19... Well, she has. She's helped me raise my family and take care of my household. And I'm very lucky that I live conservatively enough to support my family and my household for the last 19 years. But every single year, it gets a little tighter and a little a little harder to make ends meet. And guess what? I'm making more now, today, than I've ever made before in my life. But if you could show it me in my bank account, I, I don't see it because it's not there. Because all we do is survive. There's no savings. I'm not running to my investors and going, oh, I got extra money. I do not have extra money. We are just surviving. And I question myself about it. I have in-laws and family members that live in other states, and they're like, Scotty, it's much cheaper. It's much easier. Come out here. And I question what I'm doing on a regular basis. Well, what I'm at, what I'm asking you though, because California's shooting their mouth off about wanting to leave the union and uh, go, you know, okay, well, if they leave, then they don't get obviously, then they get no federal money. Uh, 
I don't see, even though California claims to be the sixth largest economy on the planet, I don't see California being able to make it the way they're doing things. If they were, okay, fine, you can go off on your own, good luck, bye-bye, I think they'd be bankrupt in six months. Look at the city of San Diego. you got a billionaire that owns a football team asking for the taxpayers to buy him a fucking stadium? Are you kidding me? This is unreal. We're not doing it. I'm not doing that. I was like, get the hell out of here. The Chargers can leave. Goodbye. Have a good life. The city of San Diego itself is bankrupt itself because they are paying their employees more after they retire than they ever even made when they were in office. And yeah. they've, they've set themselves up for failure across the board. Uh, Frank and Scooter, we're coming up on the end of the show. And, uh, Scooter, I hope you can uh, hang out there. And, Frank, uh, the Chinese can move in and take uh, go in with uh, California. The Chinese have already taken over San Francisco. So that's mm-hmm. the one thing we have to keep well, an eye out. Scooter, good luck out uh, there. Yeah, uh, great we're We've got Middle Easterns out here. We're coming up on the uh, end of the show here. Thanks for calling in, Scooter. And, uh, Frank, uh, any last words or Ray? No, uh, just, uh, you know, folks, don't just sit and be a spectator. You know, get involved if you're thinking, well, I don't know about what these guys are saying. Then go go find out. Do some research and start preparing for, jeez, <laughs> because if you don't, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, Ray, good, how about you? good advice. And, and be positive, you know, be optimistic, be positive. We are living still in the, the greatest country that this world has ever seen. United States of America, and, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, the American spirit is indomitable. We we just do not give up, and we will beat these SOBs back. We have, we'll, we've beaten them back time after time, and I think eventually, like Frank said, it will take a while, but we'll beat these commie Democrats back, you know, whether, whatever it takes, whether it's at the ballot box or if it's on the battlefield, and that's what needs okay. to be done. God Ray, uh, Ray, thanks again for coming on the show, being the co-host, and same to you, uh, Frank. And uh, this is AVR, American Voice Radio Network, and don't forget, go to nationalwritersyndicate.com. You can get a preview of each week's show uh, one week prior. That's www.nationalwritersyndicate.com and AVR. Also, go to a- uh, amazon.com. I have two books out there if you like the Grateful Dead, I have one book, Dead Angel, which is about growing up with Jerry Garcia and the biker uh, clubs from early 50s in San Francisco. And my other book, Posan, which is a pretty scary book about my encounter with aliens that went on for a 10-year period. Uh, check them both out. That's Dead Angel and Posan. And uh, the, the song we're ending with is a song from my childhood friend, uh, Jerry Garcia. He went left, I went right. I didn't uh, I like his politics at all later because he became a lefty and, and uh, you know, the whole Grateful Dead. But I do like this song, and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, see you next week when hopefully uh, Donnie Baldwin from Starship, my friend Randy Forrester from Eddie Money, and Alvin Bishop uh, will be on the show. We'll have a whole night of music. And, Ray, I hope you join us with that. And, Frank, thanks again. And uh, here's a song, uh, Touch of Grey.
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. And this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Our guest tonight is James Corbett. He should be uh, joining us after the first break in about 20 minutes. In the meantime, I'll give you a report on what happened in the markets today and a little more commentary and, uh, James, until James arrives. Gold is uh, up $5 today to $1,125.70 per ounce. Silver was down $0.02 to $14.58 an ounce. Platinum is up 7 to $888. Palladium is up 7 to $502. Basically, good day for the for the precious metals. Silver was down a little bit, not bad. Uh, the paper markets, Dow Jones was down 222 points to 15,944. And this is interesting because the trend certainly since the first of the year has been downward, It's and it has been persistent, not extraordinary, other than the first week, but subsequent weeks down 200 points flat. Now it looks like we're going to be down another couple hundred points. Perhaps this week we'll see. 
It really does indicate, it certainly suggests that we may be on a, a, a semi-persistent downward trend for the paper markets. <clears throat> and if we are, more than likely, that's going to also translate into a reasonably persistent upward trend for gold. Uh, gold is up oh, $50, $60 so far this month. That's from, you know, if you're holding gold, if you had a if you had a hundred ounces of gold, that's six grand. Uh, fifty five hundred, six thousand, sixty five hundred. I'm not sure what that works out, but what it is exactly, but in that neighborhood, six thousand dollars advanced for a hundred ounces of gold. Can't complain about that. Uh, what else? Dow Jones again is down two hundred twenty two points today. NASDAQ is down almost 100 points to 4,468. New York Stock Exchange is down 55 points to 9,374. U.S. dollar index is hovering the last several days in the vicinity of 99. It closed. It's on the, on the overnight market. It's up 0 0.04 to 98.98. Um, they're not going, they're not hitting that 100 mark on the U.S. dollar index, but they are, it's not, it's not rising, it's not falling, it seems fairly stable over the last several days. Crude oil is up in the overnight market to, thir or excuse me, down 35 cents to $31.95 per barrel. It appears that crude has seen the bottom. And it is $30 per barrel or thereabouts. And whatever forces uh, they are that's, uh, that run the market, they have decided that crude is not going to fall, despite reports that it was going to drop to 20 and on some reports that it might even drop to 10 It appears that crude oil is not going to stay much below 30 It looks like they're going to probably hold that line for a while. We'll watch and see. What else do we have to talk about today? Um, what I have to do first here is get my one screen out of the way. Uh, conservatives unite to condemn Donald Trump as a menace. This was, uh, this was actually a couple of days ago. Speaking of the National Review, uh, the article says a magazine that helped start the modern conservative movement in the 1950s, National Review, planted itself firmly in opposition to Donald Trump's presidential candidacy on Thursday. This was actually last week. Against Trump, that was the, that was the title that was on the magazine uh, on its cover, and inside the publication's editors condemned the real estate mogul and reality TV star as a philosophically unmoored political opportunist who would trash the broad conservative ideological consensus within the GOP in favor of a free-floating populism with strongman overtones. That sounds like something out of communist rhetoric while the Soviet Union was still in, was still alive and well, um, it's you know a certain amount of hyperbole there. Uh, they continued, Trump is a menace to American conservatism, who would take the work of generations and trample it underfoot in behalf of a populism as heedless and crude as the Donald himself. 
you know, this is some really, you know, <clears throat> surprising language indeed. And it's really, it's the sort of thing that's annoying on one level. Because here we have the National Review arguing that Trump is not a true philosophical Republican. But who is? You know, the Republican talks all, the Republican Party talks all of this. They're going to limit the size of government and they're going to limit taxes and they are for increasing our rights and diminishing government intrusion into our lives. And when do they do it? The Republican Party talks about its ideological conservatism. But when do they actually fight for it? It seems to me that the whole Republican Party is more interested in talking about it than they are in doing anything about it. Nevertheless, I look at this article and I'd say the National Review is right. Trump is a menace to American conservatism. But what is American conservatism? It's the ideology of our political right wing. And what is American liberalism? It's the ideology of the American left. So where does Donald Trump come in? He's not ideological. He just wants to get things done. And in that regard, he reminds me of Dwight Eisenhower. And Eisenhower, as a military man, just wanted to achieve objectives and get things done. If you wanted to take a town, a nation, or an enemy like Hitler, just tell Eisenhower what you want and then step back, get out of the way, and let him do the job. Eisenhower would seek to achieve the objective in the shortest time with least cost as a military man. He was a pragmatist, was generally untroubled by political philosophy or ideology. Now, Trump, as a businessman, just wants to get things done. Tell Trump you want a bridge across the Mississippi River, and Trump essentially says, great, show me where you want it to start, show me where you want it to end, now get out of the way, and I'll get it done. Huh? I'll have it done in maybe three years, two years, how fast, we'll get it done, it won't cost much. We, all right. Our current politicians are not inclined to simply get things done. They are ideologues who are more inclined to debate and argue. The liberals want to argue over whether 22% of the workers on the bridge that we're talking about building across the Mississippi are 22% are blacks. The conservatives say just 15% should be blacks. The conservative ideologues want to argue uh, <laughs> that there should be four multinational corporations involved in building the bridge. That's the conservative ideologues. And the liberals say, no, there should only be none. There should be none. These political debates can slow or even stop the construction of the bridge. I'm not exactly against ideologues. I am an ideologue. I have certain values and philosophies that I think are important. Um, it's to some degree dangerous to have someone in office who has no ideology. Right? You've got to have some sort of philosophy. You've got to have something you believe in. 
But you can also go too far with this. And here we have the National Review last week saying Trump's not a real Republican. Well, oh, gee, we've had the term rhino, Republicans in name only. That goes back, I don't know, 10, 15 years. We've heard people talking about the rhinos who are Republicans in name only. I didn't hear National Review condemning the rhinos to any significant degree. And here they are, though, they're ready to go after Trump. He's not a part of the Republican philosophy. And I, I understand that, and on one level, it's dangerous. All right? Not to have a political philosophy that people can rely on. But on the other hand, it's dangerous to get so bollocked up and ensnared in your own philosophy that you can't see reality. And you can't say, look, we need a bridge here. It, doesn't, it, it is not important whether the bridge is painted red or blue. We need a bridge. Let's build it. Trump strikes me as a businessman with a mentality, if we need a bridge, Trump will get the bridge built. Um, Trump's populist appeal is reminding me that government has been in a state of quasi-gridlock for the past maybe a decade or more. The gridlock is the result of political ideology. It's the result of political ideologues who are more interested in arguing political principles than they are in simply solving problems and getting things done. And I think maybe that's why people are attracted to Trump's candidacy. I think they see Trump as a man who's more interested in solving problems than he is in winning debates on political philosophy. Trump is offering something that I respect, a pragmatic approach more concerned with accomplishing objectives as quickly and inexpensively as possible than he is about arguing all the political philosophies and political niceties and political correctness. After a decade or more of political division based on political ideologies, maybe a pragmatist is what we need. So is Trump a menace to the conservative philosophy as alleged by the National Review? I'd say, yeah, he is. They're right, he is. Is Trump a menace to the liberal philosophy? I say yes again. Yeah, yeah, he's a menace to the liberal philosophy. The big question is whether Trump is uh, about Trump. It's not whether he will help or hurt ideologues, but whether we need the ideologies that are inherent in the two-party system. Should we elect senators and congressmen for their abilities to debate political philosophies, or should we elect them according to their capacity to see problems among their constituents and simply solve the problems? I don't believe we can or should dispense with all ideology, but maybe we shouldn't treat political ideologues as our ideologies as secular religions either. Mere conservatism or liberal ideologies are not in themselves sacred. You know, there's passage in the Bible, and I don't remember, I think it's, I think it's Paul, and someone is talking about the difference between faith and works, and Paul says, you show me your faith and I'll show you my works. And what he's getting to, and what he's at least implying is, look, it's not enough just to stack and say, I have a conservative political ideology. That's very nice. 
But so what? What do you do with it? What do you accomplish with it? Does it actually help you get things done, or does it get in your way? I don't think Trump, Trump is troubled by ideology, and as long as that's true, perhaps that's one of his. Perhaps that's one of the features that that attracts the public to him. Incidentally, there's another article here from the Washington Times. The headline is National Review Loses Debate Partnership After Anti-Trump Edition. Republican National Committee has ended its planned partnership with the National Review for a GOP presidential debate next month in Texas. The publishers of the conservative magazine citing the new anti-Donald Trump edition is the reason. They're saying, look, we can't bring, we can't have one of the sponsors of a political debate be someone who is openly against one of the major candidates. So the National Review is the net loser on this situation, in my opinion. Um, And then, of course, we've got the other blow up just in the last day or so, where Donald Trump has said he won't be in the next, he won't participate in the Fox Debates coming up in Iowa. He doesn't like Megyn Kelly. He doesn't want to show up if she's around, and therefore he's not going to participate. That's going to be a very interesting phenomena. When was the last time you heard a politician essentially told, tell any element of the mainstream media to buzz off? I mean, the politicians are there to kiss the backside of whatever mainstream media exists, and they want all of the exposure they can can possibly get in order to attract more voters, um, have a better shot at winning election, and they are inclined, therefore, to be subservient. At least to some degree to the mainstream media. And Trump says, look, I don't want to deal with you people. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see, you're pulling in 24 million, according to uh, one of his his political advisors, the Fox can expect to pull in something like 20, 24 million viewers on this next debate if Trump is present. If he's not present, they think the history of these debates indicates they can otherwise, they can only expect to get maybe 2 million. Trump has done something here. He has assaulted Fox revenues. Turns out they can only get they can only get two million people to watch this program without Trump, as opposed to twenty twenty four million if Trump is present. I'm going to presume that this is going to cost Fox some advertising revenue. And it's probably going to be a serious expense. It's certainly going to discredit Fox in a, in a strange and unprecedented way. And it's part of a, part of a situation with, with Trump. <clears throat> and I wrote something back a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember what the event was, but Trump did something that was just completely unexpected, largely unprecedented, and I wrote at the time that he's something like a natural, you know, a force of nature. And you sit back and you just kind of watch and say, what's he going to do next? Well, this is going to be a tough one to follow. This one will be a tough one to top. He is not going to show up for Fox, a debate. And Fox is probably going to be hurt by this. 
And I would imagine that people all over are simply sitting around with their jaws gaping and saying, oh, my gosh. The thing about Trump, one of the things about Trump is he has set the political agenda, not just for the debates, but to some degree for the whole country for the last six months. Trump is merely a candidate for, for the nomination, the Republican nomination, and he has been a driving force in American politics for probably six, eight months. He, Trump talks about a particular issue, it becomes an issue that everyone talks about. It's really extraordinary. Trump is a de facto president to some degree right now. He's setting the pace. We're going to take a break for some commercial announcements. And when we come back, barring the unforeseen, James Corbett will join us on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the prostate kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the prostate kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free, 866-229-3663. For international callers, 704-875-8010. That's toll free, 866-229-3663. Or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
apparently the music was playing when I couldn't hear it. And I was talking. I don't know if anyone heard me. They didn't hear me. James Corbett is joining us now. Hello, James. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Alfred. Thank you for having me back on, as always. Always a pleasure to have you back on the program. How's the Corbett Report doing? Uh, well, I would say it's doing fairly well. And Good. as a matter of fact, since you bring it up, I would like to let your audience know that we've just started a new open source investigation trying to piece together all of the information that we can find from all of the different countries of the world about moving towards a cashless society. Because I noticed earlier this week there was a story up about Norway, and uh, the, the, the largest bank in Norway, the, one of the executives of that bank, gave a interview to a newspaper saying that they want to move Norway into a cashless society. And it was, it was one of those stories that we see. We see those types of stories come and go through the news all the time. And so I, it, I had the idea, I want to actually collect as many of those types of pieces of information as we can about all the different the countries that it's taking place in, the French restriction on cash transactions, the Spanish tra uh, restriction on cash transactions, the Indian and Israeli and Canadian and Filipino and all the other governments that are moving towards eliminating cash or phasing cash out or restricting cash. So we're starting that right now. And uh, so Corbett Report members are leaving their comments there, and I'm trying to put it into the article. And we're amassing quite a collection of these types of stories. It's quite interesting. Well, it is interesting because it's a global phenomenon. And it seems to be just taking place, and people, it's as if you're watching a flock of birds flying overhead. So, oh, look at that, a bunch of geese are flying south or whatever. No one seems to look at this and say, wait a second, this is happening globally and it can't just be coincidental. The powers that be, the powers that be are mandating this and it's only a question of time, presumably, before it happens in China and Japan and here in the United States. And we aren't going to have any cash. Well, this what is the point to me of this and so many other stories is that we always tend to just see what's happening in our local area and think of that as the sort of news, but it is happening all around the world simultaneously. And to a certain extent with a story like this, you understand new technologies are coming online and banks are going to try to take advantage of them. But it is still, it is something that is happening all around the world at the same time and we have to be aware we are stepping into this completely controlled, completely surveilled transaction grid that is locking into place. And when you pepper that in with stories about how these international banking agreements, like the uh, FATCA uh, agreement that the U.S. has uh, tried to strong-arm various countries around the world into signing so that they all give up their personal uh, banking information over to the U.S. authorities. I mean, those types of things, when you put them together, it's a world where increasingly you're not going to be able to do, buy, sell, or, or transact with anyone unless it's under the eye of the watchful central bankers and their, uh, their bankster cronies. So it's, it's worrying when you put it in that perspective. But, of course, we never get that perspective from any one of these news stories. I know. It's just taken for granted. Oh, isn't that That's kind of interesting, a little bit odd, but nobody's paying any attention to it. And it signals we're, we're looking at some sort of an economic revolution, a political revolution that's taking place on a global basis right now, and nobody seems to mind. Nobody objects. Nobody speaks up, at least you know, not significantly. And well, I think it also further speaks to the, the fact that these 
the, the political revolution you're talking about is fundamentally undergirded by a financial transactional infrastructure that is being carefully put into place by, by all these groups that are working in coordinated agenda. And again, unless you understand that part, you can fall into this political, oh, you know, let's vote for team A or team B and it, as if it will make a fundamental difference to the control mm-hmm. grid that it is going in right now. I've, I have suspected for years that the fundamental, the, the essence of the new world order is fiat currency. If they don't have fiat currency, they're not going to run the world. With fiat currency, they can. Without fiat currency, they can't. If they can't spin currency out of thin air, well, to me, this is evidence. When they go ahead and they say there's not going to be any more cash, we're just going to do it. We'll have digital currency. Everyone's going to have to have a little plastic card. For me, this is New World Order. This is evidence that they are are getting close to trying to impose something. How long do you suppose it's going to be before the world either wakes up and starts to put the brakes on this, resist this, or... This becomes a fait accompli, and they're going to just, everybody's going to have little plastic cards. Do you have well, a time I don't think we'll have mind? to wait very long for the answer to that. Um, the mm-hmm. Danish government has set the deadline of 2030 for eliminating cash from Denmark. Uh, and Australia, a, a new survey that's come out from a, from a banking group with online banking services, so you know, take this report for what it's worth. But at any rate, they say that they're uh, they're predicting Australia to be cash-free by 2022. And we have similar pronouncements coming out around the world um, with actually some countries really moving quite close to the that, that precipice already. I think Canada's down to something like the 8% uh, mark in terms of overall transactions, how many are actually cash-based at this point, something down around 8%. I mean, it's not... It's not inconceivable that they'll be able to squelch that down below 1% in the near future, So, uh, yeah. especially because of the Canadian Same government. thing in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding, and I may be mistaken about this, but it's my understanding that about 95% of our transactions right now are achieved with plastic or at least with checks, but not with paper dollars. only represents about 5% of the transactions, which means we're almost cash-free already. I would have to check those numbers. I know that the actual money supply itself is something like 5% or even less actual cash. I'm I'm not sure about the transaction percentage. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I I don't even know if you can get accurate. You you can get numbers that you can rely on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you hopefully rely on. It's part of the problem. That that is part of the problem from the banker's perspective because they don't know how how many dollar bills people have stuffed under their mattresses or buried in the backyard. So... You know, until they get that complete control over the financial system that comes with that cashless society, they will never be able to fully know exactly how much money is in circulation. I saw one report where they guesstimated that 75% of all of the paper dollars in the world, not digital, paper, but 75% are overseas. They're in foreign hands, and they, they hold them as world reserve currency and, and and banks, they hold them in their mattresses, whatever, and that only 25% of the total currency that's, that's printed right now, physical physical currency, only about 25% is actually in circulation in the United States. So, I don't know. The whole thing is strange, and we are living in a 
know, in interesting times. Ancient well, well is it, a and Chinese or Japanese curse. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, that is uh, not surprising to people in, say, Brazil right now or Argentina or Venezuela mm-hmm. where they're having incredible turmoil in their in their own markets right now. So holding dollars, if people had been holding their savings in dollars, uh, U.S. dollars, it would have been beneficial to them at this point as their currencies are now collapsing, which is why I think you see that hoarding of physical dollars uh, in a lot of places around the world. I saw an article just recently, and I know that I have it here close at hand. Ah, here it is. Uh, not even the darkest minds imagined it would be this bad for China. That's the headline. This is from Business Insider. There are other things to talk about in this article, but one of the things they talked about is that uh, you can blame a good portion of the chaos, the problems in China, on the depreciating value of the yuan, which has spurred holders of the currency to ditch it for something more stable. Now, that's an interesting statement to me because they didn't say they're going to ditch it for something more valuable. They said they're going to ditch it for a fee, for another fiat currency, which is, and they're all technically worthless, but they're looking for a fiat currency that's more stable. It, it doesn't have to be precisely stable, but it doesn't change as rapidly. And so they are pulling their, their, their wealth out of China and moving it, looking for a more stable worthless currency and that strikes me as interesting not more valuable more more stable does that still you know and does that inspire any comment out of you i i see the distinction um having said that as i say for people who are living through currency devaluation i don't think whether or not something has a commodity backing it up is of primary importance. Again, if you're in Brazil and you're suddenly seeing your life savings being flushed down the toilet because of currency depreciation, you don't care if the dollar fundamentally doesn't have gold backing it up. You just want well, it's to better. buy yeah. your bread. That's so, right. uh, so, I mean, value is what people make of it to that extent. But I think I understand the point that you're making, that ultimately what we are in is a system where all of these various central banks have these competing fiat currencies, and it's a question of you know which one will be the better investment for now, or what will be more stable, or what can you hang on to the value that you have uh, with. And it, it becomes that type of calculation. So you understand why the Chinese uh, nouveau riche would be trying to secure some of their earnings in something that's more, quote-unquote, stable. But, uh, yeah, I see the point that you're making, that at the end of the day, I mean, there's nothing to prevent the U.S. dollar from becoming unstable. In fact, that's exactly where it's heading in the uh, in the long term. Well, again, here's the headline. Not even the darkest minds imagined it would be this bad for China. And what they're saying is that a trillion dollars in capital fled uh, from China in 2015. Uh, previous years, they only lost about $130 billion. Uh, per year. Now all of a sudden they're losing a trillion dollars per year. The government predicted they'd lose about $455 billion. They've actually lost about a trillion. Uh, this situation has deteriorated rather very rapidly. Is this article the idea that things are dark for China? Is this hyperbolic or is this an accurate assessment of what's happening in China right now? I think it is not far off the mark. Um, I don't know how far or close it may be, but it isn't so far off the mark. Just based on the actions of the uh, the People's Bank of China right now, which is furiously injecting liquidity 
into the markets. And I don't have the tally of uh, exactly how much has been injected uh, so far this year, but I note, uh, well, one of the headlines still on the front page of Zero Hedge as we record this conversation, that China is injecting another $50 billion dollars worth, $340 billion yuan of liquidity into, uh, in, into the, the, the Chinese markets. So they are desperately attempting to, uh, to prop up the, uh, the, the yuan right now, but devaluation is the order of the day, I think, and I think that's where it's heading. So, uh, there, I mean, and of course, the knock-on effects of that we've already seen um, in the way that they have been unable to contain the falling stock market and the devaluation of the yuan is the sort of one-two punch of all of the disasters that we see spreading out through the Asian markets. And of course, we know that also affects U.S. markets at this point. So uh, again, I think it's not really, that isn't the the underlying problem, but it is a symptom of the problem. The underlying problem, I think, is the slowdown in global trade. You can cover up any sort of, you know, ridiculous and un- untenable positions as long as global trade is growing and everything's booming for the, the manufacturing sector, everything's fine and they can cover everything over, but they can't do that right now because global trade is contracting and the Chinese economy is contracting, or at least is not growing as quickly as it was before. So uh, so absolutely, I think this is this is the, the, the inflection point that a lot of people have been predicting for years now with regards to China. And a lot of pe- people have been saying it's the emperor with no clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything that we've seen in the last six months, really, since the, the stock market started crashing is showing more and more that that's the case. Do you think China's going to get things under control in the near future? Or how long is this problem going to persist? I think it's the beach ball underwater effect. I, I mm-hmm. think they can push down on various places using various mechanisms, but they, I mean, they can only do so for so long, and it only works for so long. And if you look at um, at all sorts of different factors, like the offshore yuan, which unlike the official PBOC yuan is uh, officially uh, uh, traded in a certain range that is fixed each day, uh, the offshore yuan is, that you can buy in Hong Kong and other places is freely traded. And if you look at that, they keep trying to do these things, injecting liquidity and things in order to uh, keep the USD CNH value down, but it keeps spiking back up. So I I think, again, they keep trying to do things and and their uh, interventions have less and less of an effect. And we've seen all of the other things they've been trying to do to prop up markets in various ways, the uh, the 7% circuit breaker that they tried very briefly and then repealed that we talked about last week and other things like that. Um, a, a new story coming out about how uh, China is going to start using public funds to cover venture capital losses. So again, they've got a lot of tricks up their sleeve, but they are increasingly tricks that are having less and less effect on actually affecting the markets. Well, the big problem the markets have is the loss of demand. People aren't buying stuff. What do you suppose the reason is for that? Is it simply, and there's not exactly a reason, it's it's a circular situation where the problem is caused by another problem, it's caused by another problem, it's caused by the first problem we were talking about in the first place. There's a circle here, but if you had this, what's causing the loss of demand? Is it, is it uh, are we fatigued by debt? That's the term I saw someone use debt fatigue we've just had enough of debt i don't want to go i'm not going into i don't care that's a great deal on the car but i'm not going into any more debt is that uh is that part of the mindset that's i I would phrase it as what's go ahead i i would say i would phrase this as a uh debt hangover or a qe hangover really because um it was uh mike maloney has been 
uh, showing a chart which is quite revealing lately, where he charts the uh, Wiltshire 5000, which is the the market capitalized um, uh, market cap weighted index of all of the stocks that are traded in the U.S. So a pretty good indication of general market activity in the U.S. And he's charting that against the uh, the Federal Reserve uh, balance sheet. And there is no doubt there is a direct relation between the two. And I think we can understand how it's a causal relationship. The Fed QE injections of, uh, of money into the reserves of these various banks is directly related to the, the markets and where they've been going over the last seven or eight years. Because as, again, I think it doesn't need a lot of elaboration that what we've seen in the markets over the last several years with those record levels is not a reflection of economic activity. So what we have seen is the QE-driven market uh, bubble, and what we are seeing is that now that they're taking that back and trying to raise rates, we're seeing the unwinding of that. It's, it's quite obvious. And that, obviously, the markets, again, don't in- indicate the economic activity, but they indicate the psychology of various pe- players in the market, and uh, including, I think this ultimately filters down to the, the main street level and what people are willing to, to buy in their own lives. So I think, I think we've just seen a contraction of demand based on that, the, the sucking up of the liquidity. I think what I've, what I've observed over the last few months makes it increasingly clear that people aren't investing in the markets in the sense that you go in and you say, well, General Motors is a good stock. We've got good price-earning ratio and whatever and strong company. They're not doing that where they look at the market, they look at market fundamentals. They are investing based on what the Federal Reserve says is happening. Federal Reserve uses a word, right? And all of a sudden, the market goes up, or they don't use the word, the market goes down. We're investing in Federal Reserve activities. As long as we think they're going to support the market, we'll invest. If they're not going to support the market, we bail out. It's not about fundamentals. We'll talk more about that in a moment when we return to financial survival. I'm Alfred Addis, here with my guest, James Corbett, from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned.
fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Here with James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C O R B E T T Report.com. Uh, James is located in Japan, and here's an article from the Phoenix Capital Research. And the headline is The Japanese Central Banker Just Leaked Something Incredible. Um, they point out the European Central Bank and the U.S. Federal Reserve began implementing ZERP zero interest rate policy and quantitative easing after 2008. But the Bank of Japan has been employing both ZERP and quantitative easing since 2001 without any significant effect. They haven't been able to really stimulate their economy. Um, a banker admitted this, just the, uh, the head of the Bank of Japan, Haruhiko Kuroda, probably didn't get that. I may be close on that. I'm not sure if I pronounced it at all correctly, but the head of the Bank of Japan. He made a number of statements, and they, according to this article, one of the statements is an implicit admission that quantitative easing doesn't generate GDP growth. Anyone who studied quantitative easing knew this already, but it's an incredible admission from a central banker. These are the people responsible for instilling confidence in the system. This has just come out recently. It reminds me of Richard Fisher, who was the former president of the Dallas Bar, or the Dallas Bar Association, the Dallas uh, Federal Reserve Bank, and he admitted recently the cause of the stock market decline. shouldn't be blamed on China, but rather on the Federal Reserve. It's just a coincidence that two people that are in or close to the heads of Central banks, and they're both saying blame the banking system, not China? Uh, no, I think it's pretty much just an observation of reality that is difficult to deny at this point. And they're not the only ones. I've seen this formulation several times in the last few years from a lot of different people similarly placed within the banking system. And I, unfortunately, I don't have those references offhand. Um, but I, I remember particularly humorous one was uh, from a, a former Federal Reserve uh, uh, governor. I can't remember which Federal Reserve Bank, but one of the Federal Reserve Banks uh, was saying that, was admitting that the Federal Reserve didn't understand really how QE fundamentally worked. They were just kind of, you know, going on a whim and a prayer. So uh, th these types of admissions have been made several times over the last years. And I think so, to some extent, I, I believe that some of these admissions are made to salt the record so that in retrospect, they'll be able to point to various 
uh, admissions like these and go, look, see, we knew it. We were right. Even when they clearly pursued the wrong course of action for so long. Um, I wouldn't say that the Japanese QE has been completely without effect, though. I think we, we certainly saw a run-up in the Japanese stock market over the last couple of years, which is now unwinding uh, as they begin to lose control of that. But uh, but we certainly did see that effect, and we did see the devaluation of the yen. Uh, the uh, JPYUSD did did uh, change over the last couple of years to, to weaken the yen. But uh, again, it's it's the balloon, uh, the balloon underwater. They just can't keep it underwater for very long. Well, it's the same thing with China. They're trying to use quantitative easing, which really hasn't been, it's had some positive effect. It has perhaps prevented nations and or the global economy from just utter collapse. Could have happened after 2008, 2007, 2008. Could have gone completely south. They stopped it from going completely south. But uh, they pretty much stopped it just at the border. Uh, we almost went to Mexico. We didn't quite go into Mexico, but we almost went that far. <clears throat> what do you make of China trying to use quantitative easing to solve its problems? They have to know it didn't work for Japan to a significant degree. It didn't work for the United States to a significant degree. Is there really any hope that this is going to work for China? Well, I I guess we have to be careful because quantitative easing does have a technical definition, which is not does not really describe most of the interventions that the Chinese government or the People's Bank of China have been making. Um, specifically, quantitative easing is buying certain uh, assets like uh, um, treasury, uh, treasuries or, or mortgage-backed securities or that type of thing, um, direct buying of that by the central bank in, uh, in an attempt to load liquidity into the, the reserves of these banks. Uh, that is not the way China has been doing it. So it's been termed China's QE or Chinese-style QE, or, or, or it's been analogized, but I don't think that's an accurate analogy when you get down to the technical level. So what they're doing is not exactly what the Federal Reserve has been doing, but uh, certainly they have just been throwing, they're, they're increasingly just throwing money at the markets and hoping you know that will make a difference, and I think we are seeing that's not having the effect. So I think they're going down a similar path but not not really the same path. They're just taking a different route to get there. I wrote an article just lately of something that I believe is probably correct. Um, well, we can talk about that later. Here's another one. Here's an article from Newsroom. It says, Sheer Panic. Headline, Sheer Panic. Bank runs have begun in Italy. This is uh, about a week old, six days old. Milan, a run has, been, has begun on Italian banks with, depos- with the depositors taking out money in a panic, fearing they will lose everything if they leave their money deposited. Is this, again, is this more exaggeration? Is there really a potential panic taking place in Italy, or is this confined to one or two banks and not really a trend? Just a couple of bumps in the road. That's a very good question. I'm going to have to admit I didn't see the stories of that particular incident, so I I can't really comment on it specifically, but it certainly does seem to be a reflection of the fact that the Eurozone banking crises are certainly not under control, and uh, the contagion, as it were, is still spreading around in the system and could, who knows where it could strike next, one of the so-called pigs countries like Italy, or uh, or could it spread to the rest of the system? I mean, I, I think this is still very much an open question, one that has been 
perhaps conveniently swept under the rug by other events taking place in Europe right now that grab the headlines, but uh, the, the banking crises there are still certainly not under control. So to hear that there was a banking run last week in Italy does not surprise me, unfortunately, and I think it's, again, just reflecting the fact that the situation is still very much up in the air uh, in the Eurozone generally. George Soros has made a comment that he thinks that Europe is in danger of some sort of collapse. Is that a reasonable, or again, is that an exaggeration? Well, no. I mean, I, 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 again, it really depends on a number of factors, but one of them that I think we should at least be taking into account here is the possibility of Brexit, as they're now calling it, that the UK is actually going to have a referendum, supposedly. I think by the end, before the end of 2017, they're going to have a referendum on exiting the, Euro, uh, the European Union, which is not the Eurozone, but will obviously have a fundamental effect on the European Union project in general if it does take place and will undoubtedly affect the Eurozone as an economic entity as well, even though Britain, of course, is not a member of the Eurozone. But, uh, I mean, those types of considerations, including the, I mean, the ongoing crisis in Greece, it's not that that crisis has been fully resolved, it's just that it's not making daily headlines anymore, but certainly things like that can again flare up, or even have Italian bank runs or other things that start to spread panic. So uh, the idea that the Eurozone is out of danger is, I mean, I, I think you'd have to be naive to believe that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a question of, you know, I think fundamentally, again, the question for me is, which way will the Eurozone fail? Will they fail forward in a way that's convenient for the central bankers to step in and say, hey, you know, this just proves we need even more control. An article here from Zero Hedge that was published yesterday, and the headline was something snapped at the comics. And it says in part, it says, uh, Yesterday, when the latest update from the COMEX vault came in, we learned that a whopping 201,000 ounces of registered gold had been dewarranted at the owner's request and shifted to the eligible category, reducing the total amount of COMEX registered gold by 73% from 275,000 to just 74,000 overnight. Uh, now, what they're talking about is how much gold can be delivered. And Ron, they say this means the ratio of, of physical to paper gold dilution right now is in the neighborhood of 542 ounces of paper claims against every ounce of physical gold. Does this mean, does this imply that the real cost, that, the, that a legitimate price, if there's 500 ounces of paper gold claims on each one ounce of physical gold, does this suggest the price of physical gold should be 500 times the current price? I'm, I'm I know that it sounds yeah. irrational. Uh, no, I know I mean, they had $50,000 an ounce. Yeah, $50,000 gold. Well, I... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's quite as simple as that because we can imagine a market mm-hmm. in which there is room for some paper transactions um, as well. But clearly, 500 plus ounces to one is ridiculous. And uh, the idea that this is uh, fundamentally a, a sustainable move in the market is, again, ridiculous. So uh, various people have estimated this in various ways over the years. And I, I believe I have seen the $50,000 an ounce number floated as the realistic mm-hmm. sum. Yeah, but, I've seen people talk about it. But I, I'm not sure if we'll ever get there. 
but the idea that this is, I mean, that the current prices are maintainable is, again, I mean, it's only a reflection of people's uh, faith in the fiat system and the monies that they're getting from their central banks. So uh, in times of crisis, I mean, exactly as we're talking about with Brazil or whatever and people holding U.S., physical U.S. dollars, uh, again, holding precious metals can be the, the, the exact same type of hedge that people use, except in this case, it's a universally recognized hedge that's been operating for thousands of years. So again, uh, all this all this type of story really says to me, and I've, I don't know about you, but I've seen this type of story several times over the last several years that I've been following this. Um, it, it, all it says is, don't buy paper gold at this point. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't have it in your hand, assuming you're buying it as a hedge, if you're just buying it as an in, in, uh, investment, you want to turn it around and you know, come in and out of the market, then sure, whatever, play play the paper and you know suffer the consequences if they come. But if you are buying precious metals as a hedge against possible currency collapse or calamity or, or global currency reset or anything of that sort, then buy physical metal that you can physically hold in your hand or else you don't really have it. I agree. We've got probably two minutes left. We've got an article here from Miss Shedlock. It says, fourth industrial revolution, robots, artificial intelligence will destroy 5.1 million jobs by 2020. He's quoting from a study, the future of jobs by the World Economic Forum at Davos. Claims that a fourth industrial revolution is coming. That Japan may be something like the canary in the coal mine. I'm going to guess that Japan has far more robots on a per capita basis than most other nations. Is that causing distress, or is it cause, am I right, first off? And if so, is it causing distress in the Japanese economy, or are people just adjusting no big thing? I can't speak to the industrial uses of robotics in manufacturing or anything of that sort uh, compared to other countries. I don't have the figures on that, but I can say at least for the general cultural conditioning to robots, even on the personal level, I would say Japan is much more advanced in that there are, uh, they've even recently released, you know, kind of personal robots that are supposed to be more and more a part of daily life here. And I've seen them at certain stores where it's it's just a novelty item at this point, but they mm-hmm. you come in and you can hold a little conversation with this robotic <laughs> friend. So it's, I mean, it, the, the public is definitely being indoctrinated into accepting it at this point, and it's becoming more sort of natural seeming to, uh, to people who are steeped in this. Um, but again, how that translates in the business world compared to other countries, I'm not sure of. But it, I mean, it is a trend that I, I don't see derailing any time in the near future. I think the only question is whether these robot workers will be paid with digital virtual currency. Maybe Bitcoin. We could give them Bitcoin, perhaps. I um, want to thank you for being on the program, as always, James. We had James Corbett from thecorbettreport.com. Uh, hope to talk to you again next week. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, all the audience, and Frank, the producer. Good night, folks.
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Hey, hey, just obey the secret space with the NSA. It's God we trust or the CIA. 
this is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, January 18, 2017, and it's about seven minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And being live, that means that you can... uh, Participate in the show if you'd like to. 541-826-0953. That is the call-in number. 541-826-0953. And uh, if you'd rather not call in and get your voice on the air, but you'd still like to say something that may get on the air, that will get on the air if you address it to me that way. We've got a chat room on our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, avrn1.com or avrn.tv. That's the shortest one, but it's got that funny .tv at the end of it. But hey, everybody ought to be able to remember that, seeing as how most of us grew up with TV. So, easy. Anyway, you'll need a... uh, Screen name, and uh, you'll need to get a temporary password from me, which means you'll have to email me because the automatic sign-up thing on the chat room is just too susceptible to people who have nothing better to do than just, uh, you know, do these attacks. You know, drudge complains. Oh, I'm so important that they're after me. You know, I... I think, you know, your number just came up. That's all. They go after everybody. Man, these people, is like they got nothing better to do than just try to screw up the Internet. You know, so join the club, bud. You know, I mean, this has been going on for years, man. Before Obama, it's been going on. I know, it's hard to believe. Everybody's got this idea that, Oh, man, everything just turned to crap when Obama got in there. It's all Obama's fault. Well, I'll tell you what, Obama certainly made everything worse. But he didn't create the he didn't create the situation, okay? He just made it worse. That I'll give him that, but you know, I'm sorry. He his his legacy doesn't even get to be that because uh well, it was going on long before he got here. All right, so what did I say? When we got back tonight from the earlier show today, I was talking about how your wonderful United States Congress, and remember, this is a Congress that has been and still is controlled by the Republicans. Yeah, so remember that, all you uh, rednecks out there saying, yeah, damn, damn, call me uh, Democrats. Well, I tell you what. Those dang Republicans ain't any better, okay? They're the same mess. They're all liars, and they're all against the people, okay? So if you're not one of these corporate gazillionaires, they are against you. And, hey, even if you are a corporate gazillionaire and you haven't paid your money and purchased your congressman, well, then they're your enemy, too. Anyhow, I said I'd go through the... uh, the history of how this went through the Congress, because 
See, it's not just one of those things where, oh, we got an idea, and we debated it, and we all decided, okay, let's vote on it, and uh, we voted, and it won, and then uh, we decided to send it to the president, and he signed it, and there is the law. No, that's not what happened at all. Okay, this is another one of their sneaky, dirty, midnight, you know, rename it, renumber it, re-put it in there, and sneak it on through sort of things. Okay, so you got to wonder, well, actually, you don't have to wonder. You should know that they know what they're doing is wrong, or they'd be upfront about it. Okay? And what I'm going to read to you right now just demonstrates that they are not upfront about it at all. Now, the section I'm talking about is 1078, okay? And 1078 is an amendment to the NDAA, okay? So on 12, that's December 29th, 2012, Obama signed H.R. 4310, the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act, Section 1078. Uh, the bill authorizes the use of propaganda inside the United States, which had previously been banned since 1948 when the Smith-Munt Act was passed. So, Section 1078. Here's the history of Section 1078. The first version of the NDAA is proposed. It does not include domestic propaganda legislation. This is in March of 2012. Domestic propaganda legislation introduced by Representative Thornberry as standalone legislation not related to the NDAA. It was then H.R. 5736, entitled Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012. It was defeated in a committee vote. Okay? It was killed on its own volition. When it was a standalone bill, it was killed in committee. It didn't even make it to the floor. And this was in May 2012. The exact text of H.R. 5736 introduced as Section 1097 of third version of the NDAA which was approved by the House. Then the House sends the bill to the Senate. Section 1097 is entitled Dissemination Abroad of Information About the United States. The text of this section, 1097, is virtually identical to that of 5736, except one word is removed. Okay? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> so that's 1097 now, and it's part of the NDAA. Are we following along here? Because this is kind of hard to listen to and, and keep a track, okay? 
The first NDAA has nothing in it about domestic propaganda. Then this uh, creep Thornberry puts a standalone H.R. 5736, which is defeated in committee. And then the exact words, minus one word, is in Section 1097, which is entitled Dissemination Abroad of Information About the United States. And this is exactly the same as H.R. 5736, except for one word. That's in May, again, later in May, 2012. So now the NDAA gets referred to the Senate. Okay, the House passed it. Now it goes to the Senate, and Section 1097 appears in the fourth version of the bill, referred in Senate version. In this version, there is a Section 1078, as authority for Corps of Engineers to construct projects critical to navigational safety. This is in June. Now, keep these numbers straight, because the section was 1097, which is the identical wording of H.R. 5736, which was the standalone propaganda bill that died in committee, that got voted down in committee, actually. Now, Section 1097 appears as authority for the Corps of Engineers to construct projects critical to navigational safety. Section 1097 does not appear public print version, nor does 1078. There is no section regarding dissemination abroad of information. This is in December of 2012. That's the public print version. They're not in there. In the engrossed amendment Senate version, okay, section 1097 reappears as transportation of individuals to and from facilities of Department of Veterans Affairs. There is no section regarding dissemination abroad of information, and this is later in December of 2012. Now, the final version of the bill is returned to the House and Senate for reapproval. Section 1097 does not appear and the Transportation of Individuals Clause does not appear elsewhere in the bill. Section 1078 now reappears. Now it's entitled Dissemination Abroad of Information About the United States. The text of the Section 1078 is identical to the text section of 1097, which was identical to H.R. 5736. Get it? Wow, Obama signs the final version of H.R. 4310. Uh, do you get that, folks? I mean, do you really see how they go about things? This was never in. This section was never in. This wording was never in the public print version. You never got a chance to see it. They hid it all the way through. And then, poof, it reappears under a different number, and off it goes to Obama's desk. Something seems a little hokey about the whole thing, doesn't it, folks? Man. Well, there you go. 
All right. So there you have it. So now you can tell your friends that not only is subliminal uh, manipulation allowed in movies and TV, because, you know, your friends will probably tell you, oh, no, 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 and these are the ones that are, you know, informed and think they know things, will tell you that, no, no, the Congress you know, held hearings and they were outraged and they were uh, totally against that. They said it was terrible, the the subliminal stuff. And that's all true. They did. They never wrote a law saying that you can't do it. Isn't that something? I mean, doesn't that seem a little, oh, I don't know, dishonest to you that the Congress will get up there and they'll have hearings on, you know, you're doing what? You're putting subliminal messages about buy popcorn in the movies and people are going out and buying popcorn. Why, that's just hideous. That's terrible. That's You should be ashamed of yourself. You shouldn't do that. That's bad, bad, terrible, bad, 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 bad. And then never bother to lift a finger to write a law that says, by the way, it's illegal to put subliminal messages within movies, books, TV, whatever, without the knowledge and consent of whoever's looking at it. Nope, they never bothered to. It's not illegal, and Hollyweird still does it to this day. Okay? Well, after you get done telling them that, you can also tell them that, oh, and by the way, all the fake news, boy, they're telling the truth about fake news, but you see, what they're trying to do is divert attention. And get everybody looking elsewhere for fake news. Yeah, maybe over there. It's like George Bush with his little boy. Was he ever a comedian or what? Hey, golly, maybe the hey, maybe the weapons of mass destruction are under here. Nope. Maybe they're over there. Nope. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. That's real funny, jackass. The thing is, they're pointing the finger fake news, fake news, fake news, and they wrote a law that allows them to put out fake news. Folks, really, okay, so your liberal friends out there think, well, it's those crazy, you know, alternative media. No, it isn't. It is the United States government. They have legalized for themselves to propagandize the United States of America, the American people. It's in the law. Then we have the facts that, well, CIA just uh, gave Amazon $600 million to build them a cloud. Ooh, wow. Hey, here's $6 million. million, uh, Build me a hot air balloon, would you? Oh, no, wait a minute. A hot air balloon is actually a physical thing. The cloud is nothing, Okay. You know what? The, listen, the cloud. Oh, you know what? You've got a cloud right there in your your PC. The cloud. These these jack wagons. They just like to come up with names to confuse everybody to think, wow, that's something. Wow, the cloud. Oh yes, it's very complicated. Very very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sure it is. Yeah, it's hard drives. It's a bunch of hard drives. That's all the cloud is. Oh, what's the difference? Well, see on your PC. Well, as far as you know and the way you'd like it is, 
Nobody except you have access to your hard drive. Well, okay, let's just say you've got, let's say, I don't know, you, you've got a little business or you've got a big family or whatever, and you've got ten computers. Well, you've got five computers. Let's not go crazy. You have five computers. And you decide, well, you know, we all want to be able to get to everything on all the computers. So let's say what you did was you decided, okay, I got an idea. I'm going to build one really big, great, expensive, powerful computer. So you do. And then you get four small, cheap, underpowered computers. We would call them workstations. So you, you get those. And then what you do is you network them all together. And now let's just say your uh, your four little computers, say they got like a, oh, I don't know, they got a tiny hard drive. What, what What's the minimum you can have? Let's say it's a, I don't know, 80 gigabyte hard drive. Well, that ain't enough for anything except the operating system and some programs that run it. Okay, so now what, what happens if you want to save something? What happens if, well, hey, no problem. Remember that big, expensive, powerful computer I built to go along with the four cheapies? Yeah, well, they're all networked together now. See, we've got, uh, they're all, uh, you can either network them through the Internet or network them through a router of your own. So you've got them all networked. What does that mean? Well, that means that the little computers that don't have any real hard drive to store anything, well, they just use yours. They just use the big, fat hard drive on the one machine, okay? And you can say, oh, I'll tell you what, you, tell you what I could, I'll do for you. I'll even partition away a part here for you, just for you. This is just for you to use. Oh, yeah, you got to have a password and everything. Yeah, so there you go. So now you work on your computer and you save it onto my computer. Oh, but don't worry. It's got a password and everything. That's the cloud. That's the cloud, except on, uh, the cloud is a bigger thing. It's on the Internet. And they've got, you know, a, a building full of hard drives. And as you go on your Google, uh, whatever they call it, what do they call that? Google Drive or whatever. Google Cloud. You know, you go there and they say, okay, here's your password. Or here's your key, or here's your whatever they say you got to have to get in there. And they give it to you, and you do it, and, wow, now you can store all this stuff on there. Well, and then what? Well, and then you just say, oh, hey, Bob, you know what, Bob, I, I want you to have this, too. Uh, hey, go to my Google Cloud, or Google Drive, or Google whatever it is, and uh, here's the password. And uh, you can go in there, and you can go get it. That's the cloud. This is a cloud. Okay, all right, $600 million of that? Really? How big of a cloud is this? I mean, this is a cloud that will cover the whole world. You can store everything in a cloud, $600 million. Do you realize how many hard drives you can buy for $600 million? Now, granted, you have to have some processors and memory and all that, so, you know, you're going to have to pony up for some of that, but $600 million? You know Jeff Bezos owns Amazon, and he owns the New York Post, I mean the uh, Washington Post, and you know, he only paid $250 million for the Washington Post. 
I mean, it's it's got a building and everything, man. You know, I mean, they got typewriters in there and all kinds of stuff he bought for two hundred million, two hundred fifty million dollars. But the CIA bought a cloud for six hundred million dollars from the same guy who owns the Washington Post, and then the Washington Post just coincidentally starts pumping out all this fake crap. Or, in a legal term, we could call it propaganda. Which, hey, up until 2013, would have been illegal for the CIA to be doing that. But not anymore, thanks to your Republican Congress and their partner in crime, Obama. Hey, how did... uh, How did Paul Rhino let something like this get by him? Or did he let it get by him? Or was it a plan? Because, you know what? To sneak it through the way they snuck it through means somebody knew what they were doing. And somebody knew what they were doing the American people would not appreciate if they found out about it. So they did everything they could to keep it secret from the American people. And now we're in where we're in. And, sadly, this is not one of those things that Donald Trump can just grab his pen and start writing executive orders about. He has to get Congress to repeal that. You think they will? Do you think the news is actually going to... Do you think the Washington Post anytime soon is going to run a story on this situation? I don't think so. Anyhow, how about uh, how delusional can somebody be? Talk about fake news. What about a fake politician? I mean, really, that's Nazi Pelosi. She's just insane. I mean, she's really lost her mind. If she thinks that anybody's going to believe her when she says... The GOP wants to dismantle ACA, that's Obamacare, and consequently increase costs. Well, look. Increase costs? Uh, Nobody can afford the Affordable Care Act as it is. So who cares if the costs go up? Hey, drive the cost, triple the cost, quadruple the cost. Who the hell cares? Nobody can afford it now anyway. So, what's the difference? Hey, I can't afford You know, that's like telling me, well, you know, lobster's $25 a pound. Oh, that's great. Boy. That, that Oh, man. Hey, guess what? They're going to double the price of lobster. Oh, wow. You know what? I don't care. I can't afford $25 a pound any more than I can afford $50 a pound. So what do I care if the price goes up anymore? I mean, honestly, you get to the point with things where it doesn't matter anymore. Fine. Raise the price. I can't afford it now. I won't be able to afford it when you double the price. Why don't you quadruple it? Ooh, and then I won't be able to afford it then either. Now, listen. It, she says consequently increased cost. It's wrong. It will have a major impact on hardworking families and raise taxes. Are you kidding me? 
do you know what had a major impact on hardworking families and raised their taxes? Yeah, that's right. Freaking Obamacare. That's what. Jeez. I mean, she's just... Really? You can't possibly believe this. Then she comes out and says again, don't be fooled. No matter how you slice it, GOP's plan to repeal and replace is a scam that will make America sick again. Well, hey, you know what? America's already sick. We don't have to be sick again. We're still sick. If we were sick, we're still sick. And uh, (laughs) we're already sick. You know, I'm telling you, man, this, this woman has mental problems, I'm thinking. But she's not done. It is crucial that we never forget the stories of those left out by House GOP's bid to make America sick again. Those left out. So basically, all you hard-working families out there, screw you. All the welfare slugs... Oh, wait a minute. The welfare slugs all had insurance through the government anyway. Okay? You know what? Nazi Pelosi acts as though nobody figured out yet that Obamacare is a terrible, nothing but supplemental income tax. It doesn't help anybody. Hey, here you go. If you want grandma living in the uh in the get next in the guest room, then repeal ACA. Huh? <laughs> so that's a bad thing now to have grandma living with you. We don't want that old bat around here. Put her in a home. Put her in hospice. Kill her. Get rid of her. Give her some comfort care. Well, that's what America's become. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And it is still Wednesday, January 18, 2017. And it's uh, about 8.45 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is or where you're at. We are live. 541-826-0953 is the call-in number. 541-826-0953 is the call-in number. You can also go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, avrn1.com or avrn.tv. When you get there, you'll see we have a chat room. Okay, and uh, if you don't have a screen name yet, you've got to send me an email, which is also on the website. It's real easy, American Voice Radio at yahoo.com. And just say you want a screen name, and uh, you'll have it. I'll send you the uh, temporary password, and you can get in there. Anyhow... All right, so how about this story here? I'm 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 pretty much done with Nazi Pelosi. She's nuts. I mean, this woman is just, you know, she's just, she's crazy if she thinks anybody believes her lies. But you know, I guess the people in San Francisco, which is her, you know, that's her constituency. Uh, I guess they don't care. Uh, I I I don't know. What does it mean that homosexuals are stupid? Is that what it means? You gay blades out there, is that what it means, that you're stupid? Because that's what it seems like. Because you keep electing Nazi Pelosi over and over again, and she just keeps lying away, delusional as any psychopath in any, you know, rubber room is. But you keep putting her in Congress. So all I can figure is homosexuals must be stupid. Because that's what lives in San Francisco, right? Yeah, she says with House GOP sprinting ahead without a plan, it's worth remembering how carefully we considered the ACA. (laughs) Okay, I got to laugh because, you know, uh, you do remember the whole we have to pass the bill to know what's in it, right? And now she says it was carefully considered. Are you kidding me? Come on, we don't know what's in it. But, but hey, this passes. We'll find out what's in it. What do you mean you'll find out what's in it? You're supposed to be the lawmakers. You're the ones that are supposed to have written this thing. Oh, did she tip the hand and say, we don't write this crap. We're nothing but law brokers. We don't write anything. We don't make law. We don't write law. We don't even read law. We just take the money and say, you got it, Pally, I'll pass this. Or, you know, I'll uh, I'll move it through committee, and for only a little bit more, I'll make sure it gets passed. Uh-huh. Well, another insane chick, Andrea Merkel. Oh, yeah, this one here, I'm telling you, man, uh, maybe tomorrow... Because I was reading this, and I don't know if you all will find it interesting or not. That's why I haven't done it yet, because I'm not quite sure if anybody would care about the history of Andrea Merkel. (laughs) Oh, man. 
you know, one difference she has from Obama is that we actually know about her history. Okay, him, you know, he's a spook. Uh-oh, that sounds almost racist, but I didn't mean it racist. It just happened to be. But, no, 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 I mean CIA spook, okay? Why do you think... Why do you think what's happening is happening? Why do you think the CIA is so hostile? Why do you think the CIA is putting out crap like, oh, uh, uh, Donald Trump hired prostitutes to pee in the bed that Obama slept in? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I, I mean, really, why, you know, why would you think, you know, Oh, it's Russia, Russia hack, Russia hack, Russia hack. We don't have any evidence, but we feel really strongly about it. And I got a really good feeling about this. I don't have any evidence at all, but boy, man, do I ever feel confident. Okay. That sounds like Hitler attacking Russia in the middle of the winter. Man, I, you know, I know, I know, I know. All you generals are telling me this is a bad idea, but you know what? I really feel good about this. Yeah. So how'd that work out? About the same as this is working out for the CIA. Now, why would they be like this? Why would they care? Who cares who's president? Well, because who was president was one of their own. How do you think Barack Hussein, Barry, Satoru, Obama, or whatever the heck his real name is, how do you think he ended up in India? When he was supposed to be at Columbia University, which is a spook university. The CIA recruits heavily, heavily out of Columbia University. And why? Okay, let me clear this up for you. Why? Columbia University is located in New York City. What else is located in New York City? I'll help you. Wall Street. Who runs Wall Street? I'll help you again. The central bankers. Where are they located? New York City. What's the revolving door in Washington, D.C. between, for the CIA, for instance? The Federal Reserve Banks. Are you getting the picture? Okay. The CIA is the banker's dirty trick organization inserted into the United States government basically to keep an eye on them and control them. They blackmail them. They put them in situations and take pictures and recordings and this and that and the other thing. And if they have to, they'll just fabricate it. Okay? This is what the CIA does. They call themselves an intelligence agency, but they're really not an intelligence agency any more than FEMA is set up to take care of you during a hurricane. Sorry, it's a front. All right? It's simply a front front and you don't have to believe me spend the next 20 years reading through things and putting the pieces and the connecting the dots yourself then okay because if you do take the next 20 years and do that you're going to come to the same conclusion because that's just exactly what's going on and barack obama or Barry Satoro, or whatever name he was going by, or actually has, was in India when he was supposed to be at Columbia University. He's in India 
when, oh, nobody with an American passport was allowed to go to India. So obviously wasn't there on a U.S. passport. So either he is not a natural-born citizen, or he was there on some phony passport issued to him by the CIA, and they only do that for their assets. Folks, we have been... Look, go... uh, You know what? You don't even have to go anywhere. You just stay right where you're at, and when this show's over, I'm going to play the JFK speech where he lays it out for you. This was right before they shot him. He knew. They were on to him. He was on to them. He was going to try to shut them down, and they killed him. Now, look, I don't care who pulled the trigger. I don't care how they went about it. The orders came straight out of the CIA. The bankers. That's who runs the CIA. That's who owns the CIA. Oh, yeah, it just happens the other thing Kennedy wanted to do. Oh, well, he actually did it. He printed U.S. notes and started having them circulated. Uh Uh-oh. Pop goes the weasel. There goes the Federal Reserve banking system into the trash heap. Yeah, that simple one thing. Now, it's not the solution of all of our problems, but it is the solution of one of our problems, and one of our problems is the Federal Reserve System. Getting rid of them would be a great first step to fixing things. But as John F. Kennedy demonstrated, it won't be painless. And it's not without risk, because they don't take kindly to be put out of business. The minute he started printing U.S. notes, because you see the difference between U.S. notes and Federal Reserve notes isn't all that much, except there is no interest attached to a U.S. note, as there is with a Federal Reserve note. Let me ask you. Head-to-head competition. you got the Federal Reserve and you've got the U.S. government. Okay, You know, I mean, look, if you're going to trust the Federal Reserve, you're going to trust the U.S. government. And, you know, if you're going to trust the U.S. government, you're going to trust the U.S. Reserve, uh, the Federal Reserve. So there's really no difference in who do you trust. Well, I don't know. I would, but I don't trust them. Well, you already trust the Federal Reserve, and you think they're part of the U.S. government, so you trust them, too. So that's not an issue. So now we have straight head-to-head competition. We got a U.S. note here, and we got a Federal Reserve note here. Now, you're a business, and you need a loan. So you go and say, hey, I need a loan. And the Federal Reserve says, hey, good for you, because you know what? We've got money to loan. And we'll loan it cheap, too, at only um, 3%. Wow, only 3%. That's pretty good. Hey, wait. I got U.S. notes over here, backed by the U.S. government, and... uh, we got money to loan, too. And I can make you loan at 0% interest. Hmm, let me think. As a business owner, which one are you going to take? Yeah, that's right. The one with no interest. 
Okay, so there you go. Uh, how much of that can the Federal Reserve take before they go out of business? Not that much. So Kennedy had to go. Let this be a lesson to Trump. They will come for you if you do that. Unless, here's a here's a novel idea, unless you start going for them first. Yeah, a couple of bankers end up floating in the East uh, River or something. Hmm, they might start thinking. Here's a message from your president. You know, tagged to the floating banker. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this ain't, this is really not a game. It's a war. But that's what we have going on. But Andrea Merkel, she says that she is ready for a generational battle. Wow, gosh, this sounds like something. A generational battle. Now, we have talked about this on this show so many times. It's what the New World Order communist, worldwide communist revolution has been carrying out for uh, (coughs) generations. A generational battle. And she's ready for one. To preserve what? Liberal democracy. Oh, and trade. Preserve trade. Well, trade's been going on for 6,000 years. So I think that's pretty safe, Andrea. You don't have to uh, protect that too much. There's always going to be trade. Ah, but liberal democracy. And remember, democracy is mob rule. And mob rule is communism. Liberal communism is what Andrea Merkel is all about. And globally. Man, maybe you would be interested in Andrea Merkel's history because it is an amazing history. Amazing only because she's the Chancellor of Germany. How did the German people, how did the West German people vote for this woman? I mean, they must have lost their minds or something. I don't know how they could have done this. It's just, it's only, it's almost unimaginable unless, I don't know, unless they didn't know. And I don't know how they couldn't know. But anyway, I got to go out of time. And uh, I will play that Kennedy thing right up because I want you to hear that, what he says. And then remember, he was killed not too many days later. Anyway, thanks for listening. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. not a day for politics. I have saved this one opportunity to speak briefly to you about the mindless menace of violence in America, which again stains our land and every one of our lives. It's not the concern of any one race. The victims of the violence are black and white, rich and poor young and old, famous and unknown. They are most important of all, human beings whom other human beings loved and needed. No one can be certain who next will suffer from some senseless act of bloodshed. And yet it goes on and on and on in this country of ours. Whenever any American's life is taken by another American unnecessarily, whenever we tear at the fabric of our lives, which another man has painfully and clumsily woven for himself and his children, whenever we do this, then the whole nation is degraded. honor swagger and bluster and the wielders of force. Too often we excuse those who are willing to build their own lives from the shattered dreams of other human beings. But this much is clear. Violence breeds violence. Repression breeds retaliation. And only a cleansing of our whole society can remove this sickness from our souls. But when you teach a man to hate and to fear his brother, when you teach that he is a lesser man because of his color or his beliefs or the policies that he pursues, when you teach that those who differ from you threaten your freedom or your job or your home or your family, others, not as fellow citizens, but as enemies, to be met not with cooperation, but with conquest, to be subjugated, and to be mastered. We learn at the last to look at our brothers as aliens, alien men with whom we share a city, but not a community. 
men bound to us in common dwelling, but not in a common effort. We learn to share only a common fear, only a common desire to retreat from each other, only a common impulse to meet disagreement with force. Our lives on this planet are too short. The work to be done is too great to let this spirit flourish any longer in this land of ours. Of course, we cannot banish it with a program, but we can perhaps remember, if only for a time, that those who live with us are our brothers, that they share with us the same short moment of life, that they seek, as do we, nothing but the chance to live out their lives in purpose and in happiness, winning what satisfaction and fulfillment that they can. Surely this bond of common faith, surely this bond of common goals can begin to teach us something. Surely we can learn at the least to look around at those of us, of our fellow men. And surely we can begin to work a little harder to bind up the wounds among us and to become in our hearts brothers and countrymen once again. Of our nation 
if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.